Wow, how things can change from one week to the next. Hey, hope everybody out there is staying healthy. I know everything is super crazy. We feel disoriented by the COVID-19 virus. It's more important than ever to stay connected and check in with your loved ones. That's why I'm so happy I've got T-Mobile. Listen, T-Mobile isn't just talking the talk. They're taking measures right now to make life easier for everyone by doing the right thing for their customers during this really critical time. For example, T-Mobile has ensured all current customers with data plans have access to unlimited smartphone data on their network for two months. We're all in this together. T-Mobile truly believes that. And while many T-Mobile stores are temporarily closed to help keep customers and employees healthy, they've still got you covered with any help you need. Just check out T-Mobile.com. You can see what stores are still open and how you can manage your account online. Stay safe out there. During congestion, customers using more than 50 gigs a month may notice reduced speeds prioritization. Video typically at 480p, capable device required. Wow, how things can change from one week to the next. Hey, hope everybody out there is staying healthy. I know everything is super crazy. We feel disoriented by the COVID-19 virus. It's more important than ever to stay connected and check in with your loved ones. That's why I'm so happy I've got T-Mobile. Listen, T-Mobile isn't just talking the talk. They're taking measures right now to make life easier for everyone by doing the right thing for their customers during this really critical time. For example, T-Mobile has ensured all current customers with data plans have access to unlimited smartphone data on their network for two months. We're all in this together. T-Mobile truly believes that. And while many T-Mobile stores are temporarily closed to help keep customers and employees healthy, they've still got you covered with any help you need. Just check out T-Mobile.com. You can see what stores are still open and how you can manage your account online. Stay safe out there. During congestion, customers using more than 50 gigs a month may notice reduced speeds prioritization. Video typically at 480p, capable device required. Hello, 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 and welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap here on Reality TV Rehap Ups. I'm your host, Liana Boris, and we are here to talk about episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. Now, before we get into this mess of an episode and mess of a main challenge, uh, we have some stuff that we really need to discuss. So I'm here as usual with Brent and Amon, and as... Um, some of you may know we got a lot of feedback on our last uh, last episode, mostly regarding our discussion of Sherry Pie and particularly some of Brent's comments on the situation. So I think what makes the most sense is let me turn this over to Brent, because I know you have a few things that you'd like to say. Yes. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm still here. I'm sure some of you are not thrilled about that, but I'm going to try to win you back. Um, I do want to say a couple things. I don't know if many of you saw it. I'm sure some of you did. I also posted it in the patron group on Rob as a podcast and also on Twitter at One Lucky Gay. But I did post a statement on my perspective on what happened up to the podcast that we did last week uh, and my subsequent uh, apology. And it was not an apology, in my view, that uh, had any qualifications to it. It was just, look, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. I screwed up. I didn't know what I was talking about. Point blank in the period. Um, uh, if you didn't read this statement, quick backstory. Um, uh, we recorded that podcast on an early Sunday morning, early for me anyway. Um, and uh, I work nights and sleep days. And so I got right up and just went right into the podcast. And Sherry Pie had been disqualified about a day before. And I read the story and Amon had uh, sent, uh, we have a, gr a group chat and he had sent the statement from the initial victim, Ben, 
who uh, had posted what he did. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. But I, I, you know, at the time, he was by himself. So I didn't know exactly what was going to become of that. But then there was also a statement posted about Britta and something that she had allegedly done from somebody who had posted on Reddit and had something to say. So that era, basically everything moved really quickly. And then BuzzFeed had an article. And then I think maybe around the same time, QWERTY had an article, but I didn't read it. Um, and then Sherry Pie was disqualified. And I think I woke up and saw that Sherry Pie had been disqualified. Amon said she's been disqualified. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I read the article and I kind of perused it. And I will say that in my view, the one thing that probably led me a little bit astray was the title of the article because it like it said that Sherry Pie had been disqualified over catfishing allegations, which number one, they weren't allegations in my view. They were facts because she admitted to them. And number two, it wasn't just catfishing. Like, as I said, and I don't know if we talked about this totally on the last podcast, but like simple catfishing that, you know, gay men, straight men, everybody does, even they, they, they do on the circle. They talk about it on the circle, the, uh, the game show that, you know, originated, originated in the UK and then was brought over here to the United States. Um, catfishing is something that a lot of people do when they are uh, trying to hide who they are or they're not comfortable who they are. So they hide behind another persona online. Uh, obviously there are, uh, more insidious qualities to catfishing, but a lot of people don't do it in a negatively uh, insidious way. And I really thought that this is what had happened here. I thought there were, you know, a couple horny guys who were looking for something and they maybe did something that they shouldn't have on video. And, and that was it. And I didn't really understand the full ramifications of what had happened here. And so as this is often the case with myself, I started talking out my ass and saying things that I was not fully versed on. Um, and I can get away with it sometimes. Like if I'm watching Big Brother and I'm not there, I, you know, everybody has a life. And so I don't watch the feeds 24 hours a day. I'll miss something and then come back and try to catch up on it. And occasionally... I get it wrong. And this is a case where I just really got it wrong. And for those of you out there who are listening, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I know to some of you, I sounded really cold. And that is not me. Um, I'm not a cold person or an unforgiving person or a non-understanding kind of person. Uh, I am known for my hot takes. And so I definitely default to that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in that particular area. I think even some people in the RHAP patron group had a problem and this was brought up by one of our patrons who said, in the face of all of that, why then after the fact did you not realize that something was askew? Because you know, the day after the podcast was posted, um, I had some words with some patrons and I was basically like, look, this is how I feel. I'm, I'm totally fine with how I feel. And if you're not comfortable with it, I'm sorry. We just disagree. But at the time, I wasn't aware of what had happened. I wasn't aware that these were actual victims. I wasn't aware that the insidious nature of what Sherry Pie had constructed. Uh, she had constructed entire universes to get these guys to do things that they ordinarily would not do. It was just a an obvious mischaracterization of what had happened. And I was totally in 100% in the wrong, and I own that. Um, and we've gotten a lot of feedback on how this could have been avoided, how it could be avoided in the future. And that's also what I want to talk about. But I also want to, I want to hear you guys' perspectives on what was going through your head when I was, you know, not, <laughs> mouthing <laughs> I know, right? When I was editorializing on my last podcast, uh, what were you thinking? Um, and what was your perspective on that? Either one of you. 
Yeah. So um, I guess I can start things off. I think for me, Brent, you are a really strong personality. And I think that you speak with such confidence and you come out with your opinions so strongly. And I think I didn't necessarily expect you to engage in victim blaming, which I think was probably the thing that took me aback the most. Um, And I think I almost couldn't even respond in the situation because I just felt it felt like such an uh, a shocking response. And to me at the moment, an inappropriate reaction to what was going on that it was just sort of like, what the hell is going on right now? Mm -hmm. Like, I was just sort of in shock. And I think that Amon was able to, at least at the time, explain a little bit more what was going on. But I think for me, it was just a lot of shock. um, And I was frankly taken aback by everything. Yeah, I I felt similarly. It was... um... I mean, also, I am a little bit new to the to the podcasting streets, at least uh, for a permanent position. So there always is like a bit of like a new guy thing in the room where you don't want to step on toes. And um, but a, a lot of it also had to do with, you know, just sort of being shocked because I wasn't really sure. Um, it was just shocking to hear uh, you refer to them as fucking idiots. And then, of course, when you explained what happened and how you'd had, you weren't entirely up to date on all of the facts, which I mean, also I wasn't totally up to date on all the facts. I, I think I was able to provide a little bit more insight about what was going on, but I also hadn't read the mm-hmm. articles to the full extent. So I was still learning a lot of things. Um, even after we were done recording the podcast. So I think that we're all, I think most of us are like in a situation where it's hard because, you know, you want to be, you want to be, um, you want to offer up commentary and sometimes shows like this it, due to their, their nature, they end up having us discuss social issues that not any of us are, you know, totally, you know, professionally qualified. And I'm putting that in air quotes because I'm not even really sure what that would even mean, but we're not always prepared to, to talk about these types of things. So, um, I think that I was just expecting us to handle the situation with a bit more grace. So I think I was just sort of like, oh goodness, like how do we, how do we salvage this story without coming off as cold? And I think, I mean, and some people even called me out to a little bit. I mean, I think I see, I think you saw this tweet, Brent, about um, uh, a gentleman tagging me saying, you know, as a queer person of color, that they were disappointed that I wasn't able to to shut the victim blaming shit down. And you know what? Like, I mean, fair. I mean, I think that there's a there's a shortcoming there. Like, I, and you said at the end of the podcast, like, please, like, if you feel like I'm overstepping, just let me know. Like, I'm you, you're a very resilient person. And you're able to t- to take critique. So. Duly noted, in the future, I will definitely try my best to, right. you know, step in when I feel like and, I need to. And that's something I said to you. That's something I said to you after the podcast. So I, so I just want, I want to make sure people understand, like, we had this podcast and then I said to Amon after, because I don't want Amon to ever feel like, number one, as a person of color and number one, as a new person to the podcast, that you can't come for me because I am, I'm, I'm totally capable of, of people coming for me. And this, I was, I also wanted to talk about this as well. Um, that something that I'm having to wrap my head around is the fact that I am a cis white male. And I have never felt like a cis white male, even though I am like growing up as an other, because I was always an other when I grew up. I was I was never in the in crowd. I was never one of the people that was just one of the normal people. I mm-hmm. was always the fag. So you grow up as an other, and you realize, okay, I'm a minority. Like I'm like I'm not like everybody else. And so you go through life 
as a minority. When you're looking at like the uh, exit polls from the presidential election, you're looking at, you know, the way they divided people up and, you know, how did how did the whites vote? How did African-Americans mm-hmm. vote? How did Asian-Americans vote? I'm always looking at, OK, so what did the gays think? You know, like, how did the gays vote in this election? You know, I was always proud of the fact that in like 2012, I think the um, heterosexuals were like 49, 49. But it was the queers who sung it, who swung it for you know President Obama. So I was like, oh, yes, I was just so excited about owning my minorityhood. But then I, it's sort of tough to wrap your head around the fact that even though you view yourself as a minority, that other people may be more... Um, they they might have a, a more different experience than you. Mm-hmm. And this was the person who had tweeted both of us, Aman, and pointed this out, that I have gone through life as a gay man, and thus I view myself as a minority. But at the end of the day, I am a cis white male. And thus, I basically, he was asking me to check my privilege. And of course, my initial reaction to that was, how dare you? Like, I mean, like I've went through life as somebody who's been marching in the streets for gay rights since the beginning of the time. I've marched for civil rights. I've like voted for it. I've, I've like encouraged people to vote for it. I've organized for it. Like, how dare you? But then I take a step back from that and, and think to myself, do it's not about me and what I think. It's about people like yourselves, people like you, Liana, who is a woman, people like you, Aman, who is a gay man and a person of color who are perhaps less privileged than I. What do you think? And how do you feel podcasting with me? I want you all to feel as though you are on totally equal footing with me. I know that I have a strong personality, but I want both of you to know from the bottom of my heart that I don't carry any privilege with me on this podcast. And I I think it's also a little bit weird because even though I'm maybe the most quote unquote privileged person on the podcast, but also I'm the most tenured person on the podcast as well. I've been here the longest and I am fully aware of the fact that not that no one is irreplaceable. Everybody is totally irreplaceable in my eyes, including myself. But I just want everybody that I podcast with to feel as though they have an equal mm-hmm. voice in the discussion. And I don't want to ever dominate that and make you feel like you are unprivileged to bring your perspective to the podcast and check my dumb ass. If I say something in the future, do is that cool with you guys? Well, <laughs> well I, I mean, I can speak from my perspective that again, you, Brent, you, whether or not it's because you are a cis white male, I don't know, but you <laughs> do speak very confidently and you speak with such conviction in the things that you believe that I think sometimes when you're having a discussion with other people to the person on the receiving end of the discussion, sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like a discussion. It feels like I'm Brent and I'm telling you what the truth is. And so then I think that that's sometimes how it comes across. And I think that I, because I've known you now for a while and I've known that that's not how you mean it. I know that you are capable of having a discussion, but I think because of the way that it comes across and because of the way that you speak, it can be aggressive at times. Yeah. I mean, I I just make it, I'll make it clear that like, I don't, I've never felt, I mean, in, in my entire like experience with RHAP in general, I've never felt as if I could not come on the show and say exactly what I wanted to say. I've never felt like, I've never felt like any, that like anybody has, you know, been trying to forcefully, um, 
control a narrative for for any podcast that I have been a part of. So it's a little bit interesting to to have the word privilege attached to this particular situation with the podcast, because when I think of privilege, I just think generally about how someone is able to have access to spaces um, where some people don't have access to a, a certain perspective that some people just don't have and then try and um, color color the world um, with their brush because that those are the those are the experiences that they've had completely disqualifying other experiences and I don't think that you are intentionally trying to do that so I feel a little bit weird with using the word privilege when it pertains to this situation. So maybe I guess what um, this person that was tagging us, I forget his name, um, but I guess what he was. John Perry. His name was John Perry. I didn't want to call him out on the podcast necessarily because I'm not, I, I, I want to thank him. I actually followed him on Instagram after the fact because he's an honest, feisty individual and he let me mm-hmm. have it. And I really appreciated that. Like I was like, I want more people like this in my life who are willing to check my ass. You know what I mean? Because I don't have a lot of people in my life. My just uh, perspective, my parents were pretty, you know, hands off because I was an independent person. And my partner is more like a, uh, he, he, I've always called Jay my angel, but he's never checked mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? And so I don't have anybody like that in my life to be able to check me. So I I enjoy being challenged and I don't much like it when I say what I say and everyone just accepts it. I I that's I think that's why I get along so well with Taryn because he can come back at me with a you know forceful opinion and he really doesn't give a fuck what i say he really <laughs> doesn't he'll just totally dismiss me out of hand um or he'll you know examine what i said and say no brent you're wrong um but i want to make sure that everybody feels that way and i'm on i hear what you're saying about that you don't think that that's my intent but as i have learned over the past you know year and a half to two years since the me too movement began and we've been having these discussions i don't know that intent necessarily matters i mean it's more about your feeling and Liana's feeling and anybody I podcast with feeling my intent, I feel like is noble. I know my heart and I know what it is. Um, but I don't know that that intent actually matters. I feel like more, I should more concentrate on making sure that everybody feels like that they, I, I, what Liana said really struck me in that I speak in a confident way. And Rob has always said that he enjoys having me on the podcast because I always have an opinion. Mm-hmm. But that cuts both ways. If I'm, if I always have an opinion to the point where other people don't feel like they can then address their opinion because they feel like I've said the truth and I'm not open to another perspective, then that's probably a problem. So I guess that's going to be my my job to try to thread the needle as much as possible. Well, and I think Aman kind of touched on it with his discussion of privilege and saying dis- dismissing the opinions and experiences of others, because I think sometimes it comes across like you have a lack of empathy, Brent, on uh, with some of the discussions because you're so opinionated, right? Like you have your opinion and you feel strongly about your opinion. And so sometimes it doesn't. And, and I know that you can do this, but sometimes it definitely feels like, oh, I'm going to <laughs> dismiss the opinions of others because they do not align with the way that I feel about the situation. And so dismissing the victims in this situation, um, I, you know, like, well, how wrong. could they be such idiots? Right, yeah. exactly. Which, you know, you've apologized for. But I think in that moment, even just recognizing 
look what you know you can even phrase it in a way that's not just like they're fucking idiots it's like look i think that what they did was super naive and i think that they fell for it right instead of like piling on and so i think that sometimes that can also come across um in in the discussions that makes it feel like you maybe have privilege because you are just speaking in such a dominant way that dismisses the opinions the feelings of Mm -hmm. others i mean in the i mean the fact that this conversation is even taking place anyway and I just want like listeners to know that like this all happened and it was like a, a bit of a whirlwind, everything that was going on. But Brent was very, you know, as soon as he began to like understand what was going on and how misinformed he actually was about the situation, he was reaching out to Liana and I and asking us everything that we uh, everything that we thought and like, uh, you know, ran us through with that entire apology before he sent it out and everything. So I just want to say like the fact that this conversation is happening and you're willing to take this self-examination and do this work to 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 check your privilege. I mean, I feel like I feel like there are so many people yeah. that are that are privileged that would not do that. So not to so not to like give you a, mm-hmm. a golden star for you know being a decent human being. I'm just saying like there are a right. lot of <laughs> there are a lot of people that do not do things like this. And I feel like if there's anything um that you should I, I think that I just I don't think that, that should go without being said is that you are doing the work to yeah. to, to to rectify the wrong and to let people know like hey I got this wrong and and that, and for me like I right. I can feel right. comfortable going forward on the podcast because I mean I also feel like I, I've known you for quite a while so when the, while it was happening like I was like I feel like I know Brent's heart and I feel like he might be calling these people fucking idiots right now. And it's really, really bad. And he really should not have done that. But I felt like because of the fact that I know you a little bit more than more people, most people that might, I just felt like this was just a bad business decision on your part. You know what I mean? And so like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I can feel comfortable going forward on this podcast with you because I just feel like you're the type of person that will do the work if they want to, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also, Again, we talked about this at the end of last week's podcast. This is all a discussion. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, Brent, you can be open to hearing us give Aman and I a space to feel like we can talk, feel like we can share. And we're listening to you, too. You know, like this is a two way street. I think we all need to be open and to listen to each other. And when somebody messes up and they apologize, listen to that apology. You know, like I I genuinely feel like we're all moving forward. We're all learning and we're trying to make the most of this situation. And I think that that's all you can do. That's mm-hmm. all you can really strive to do. And this makes me like this warms my heart to be able to sit here and to have this conversation with the two of you. So I really appreciate. Right. I really the, appreciate the, that. The last, you're you're welcome. I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm able to provide that for you. Um, the uh, last thing that I quickly wanted to touch on was the fact that um, some of the patrons felt like that you guys. Um, don't feel comfortable podcasting with me. And that was probably the thing that I really was like, you know, I got my claws out for that one because I was like, I know, like, Leona has known me forever. And like, I, like I've been with Amon. I met Amon. Like, I wanted to make sure because I just want you guys to know and I want the listeners to know that even though, like, I was the first person to go to Rob's, Rob and say, look, we need to podcast about RuPaul's Drag Race. And even though we didn't, we did, we did like a one-off at the time, but it didn't come to fruition right away until Mike Bloom was on board. And then we decided to do it. And we did it with Allie first. And then we, after Allie stepped down, then we brought Liana on board and we've had a great time since then. But I just want to, I would just want people to know that just because I brought RuPaul's Drag Race to Rob as a podcast doesn't mean that I view myself as indispensable to the podcast. Mm-hmm. There may be a world where I am not a part of this podcast for reasons that 
we've talked about or me may, or maybe i'm not maybe my particular brand of podcasting and i i am a firecracker i do like to let people have it maybe rupaul's drag race has grown so much that maybe this isn't the best home for me maybe i'm you know my trashy little takes are great over at big brother because of the kind of show that it <laughs> is but you know maybe maybe rupaul's drag race isn't it and so i am what Liana and, and Amon and I have talked about is the fact that we're going to continue to do this season. We're going to do it to the best of our ability. We're going to listen to people. And if at the end of the season, I determine that I am not being used in the way that I feel like I could be useful to Rob as a podcast, because here's the guy, here's the thing at the end of the day. I love Rob Sesternino. Okay. I love Rob as a podcast. It has given me so much love and light in my life. I just want to represent it the best that I can. And if I feel like I'm doing harm to that, then I feel like that specific podcast probably doesn't need to have me. So we're going to move ahead and see how things go. But I just want you to know that basically I'm, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a holding pattern. I just want to make sure that I can bring something to the table that is worthwhile and that people enjoy. I do not want to be problematic on a podcast to the point where people no longer listen I mean, anymore. I, 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 and I totally, I get, what you're, I get what you're coming from. I think that we're in a very unique position because of the fact that we podcast about reality television. And as, uh, as, as all of us are like gaining this newer level of social consciousness right now with all of these cool new words that people like to, to, to throw around. I'm not trying to sound dismissive when I say that. I'm, I'm just saying, I think that these types of conversations when situations happen like these on reality television shows, we're all trying to have these conversations all together at the same time. Some of us with varying degrees of, of experience with these situations. So I just feel like it's a learning situation for all of us. And it's not going to, it's not going to go anywhere because reality TV is going to stick around and people are going to continue to be privileged or underprivileged. And these kind of conversations are going to persist. So I just think that it's just, I, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Brent, and I would hope that you, I just think I just think that the very the fact that you that you're even thinking that this might be something that might not be for you because you're not sure what you be what you would be bringing to it. I just think that that within itself is a good sign. Like I just I don't know. I just I just don't want you to be too hard on yourself because like while while what you did was like a a, a gross a gross relapse in uh in a, it, was it was a big, big fuck it was up. A, Let's it was say a big it was a big fuck, fuck up. Like, there are so many yes. people that get to make these kinds of fuck ups and not on a public forum. And maybe that goes more to say like, Oh, I can't believe that you would even go with do that on a public forum. But like, there are so many people that are having these conversations in private and get, get the luxury of not being exposed to a bunch of people. So you just be aware, just be aware of like the fact that you are probably going to be, you're, you're going to experience the backlash because you're opening yourself up to the backlash while some people don't have to do that. And they're able to keep their trash ass opinions and be trash ass people. But I just don't think that that's what you're trying to do. So and I think I think right like this conversation happening because of what fucking Sherry Pie did is like just a prime example of like the fact that we're all learning how to talk about it together. So that's just how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're we're all learning how to how, how do we talk about it and how do we handle these types of situations? You know, I think the self-reflection from Brent is is really great, you know, to think about, OK, let me actually address the situation um, and not either run and hide or just fight back unnecessarily. You know, I think that those are really admirable qualities. And I think it's something that I really want to do. I'm not always very good at it, but, you know, I I want to address everything that's going on. And, you know, that for me also comes from sort of my immediate reaction to hearing the Sherry 
Pie news. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, never, we'll never speak her name. Doth never say her name <laughs> again. You know, I was like so done. But then I had some people reach out and be like, well, you know that you're dismissing some of the work that the amazing costume designers did by not talking about her outfits, you know? So I, yeah. I think that recognizing like, okay, I had this immediate reaction. Um, you know, now let's talk about it. Let's think about it. So like, I'm actually, I want to talk about her outfit this week because it was actually real good. <laughs> and it was made by like an amazing designer, yeah. you know? Um, right. And, I, and, and so I don't know, this is all, it's all evolving. It's all a conversation. We're all just trying to move forward and be like the best, you know, supportive people that mm-hmm. we can. I totally agree. Okay. I, I, yeah. Brent. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to have a half hour conversation about my, my fuck up last week and <laughs> how I'm going to move forward. But I, I really, I, I got something out of that and I hope that the listeners also got something out of that. So thank mm-hmm. you guys for listening. And like, yeah, honestly, and so okay. just one last yeah. thing, like honestly, like I, mm-hmm. I, I, of course, I of just course. feel like, because there's when these kinds of conversations happen i feel like there are a lot of because we're so like we're just entrenched in cancel culture right now i just think that it is such Mm -hmm. it's such an immediate and common reaction for people to just want to be just be done with it and just be throw people away and like Mm -hmm. i do think that there are there Mm -hmm. are times when that is supposed that i think that's a appropriate reaction to have sometimes but not all of the time and i just feel like this show more than anything should be a place for us to be able to learn and not because I, I cause, cause I can already just see that I'm probably going to get some mentions here. Like Amon, you were over there, like over there being a coon. Cause people will, people have called me that before for trying to, you know, you know, have a conversation rather than cancel. And like, that's, that's like, that's the place that I always yeah. like to try to come from, come from. And I feel like you can only, you can only punish people when they are, showing that they do not want to learn from their behavior. And what I am seeing from you, mm. Brent, is something that somebody that wants to learn. And while maybe, maybe somebody else might just be like, no, fuck Brent, that's trash. His reaction was trash. I'm not listening to the show anymore. You're perfectly fine to do that. I just want people to understand where I'm coming from. So that before you hop in my mentions and try and call me some you know, person cooning for the white man, like, please, like I've heard it all before, girl. That's not where I'm coming from with this. And best believe if Brent continues to be fucking up, then I can have a conversation about it again. You know what I mean? So like, that's just, that's just how I'm coming from. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you both again for for the discussion. And actually, this brings me to something I wanted to talk about, um, actually regarding Sherry. So I saw this on Reddit, I guess, uh, maybe like a week ago now. But essentially, the post was all about um, how, in their opinion, the show should keep Sherry and her favorable edit any wins she may have, because um, it's important that, to keep the edit because uh, people need to understand that predators can be successful, charming and charismatic. It's really easy for society to imagine sexual predators as monsters in the closet or creeps who jump out of the shadows. But often sexual predators are people who are in positions of Mm -hmm. power, people who are well liked, people who are successful and win. Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. they cite the example of the victims of Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey. And so, like, this is an opportunity to say, like, look, this person is likable. The judges love them. She comes across as charming. She can easily fool people into thinking that she's great, but that's not mutually exclusive with being a sexual predator. So I thought that that was actually a really interesting perspective. And I think it kind of goes, Amon, to what you were saying about cancel culture, where it's like, it's so easy to just be like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think even my my personal opinion is like, no, like, I don't want to talk about her. But I think that that viewpoint is actually 
really interesting. And I think it's something to really think about because it's so easy. We live in a world where things are black and white and mm-hmm. it's so easy to just demonize somebody and just be like, you know, no, like they're all bad. Everything they do is bad, 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 bad. Whereas, you know, the people who commit these types of crimes exist and mm-hmm. can flourish yeah. in our culture. And so recognizing that like, no, no, these things are not mutually exclusive, I think is so important. So anyway, um, I thought that that was a really interesting perspective and I wanted to bring it up on our podcast. So uh, I'm curious uh, for either one of you, how you feel about how the show has since handled Sherry Pie's edit, because on the season premiere episode for the second half of the cast, we got a lot of Sherry Pie and we got a lot of narration from her. In fact, I thought she was going to be the season's narrator because they went to her so much. And of course, that episode was already, you know, Mm -hmm. in showbiz terms, in the can. It was already ready to go and sent out to the affiliates and ready to go on WOW. So we saw a ton of Sherry Pie. However... That changed this week. And it wasn't until about 15 minutes into the episode mm-hmm. that I realized, oh, they're not <laughs> showing Sherry Pie's confessionals anymore. They have obviously decided this is the way we're going to go. And I thought it worked out really, mm-hmm. really well until about the last 10 minutes of the episode where it felt a little weird to not hear the winner having a confessional about the fact that she just won. So I, I enjoy their take on it. I, I'm not sure if you guys agree with that, though. Yvonne, what do you think? Um, I, I, I think that this is pretty much the best thing that they can do. I mean, because you obviously we've already we know that they, they can't cancel the season like because then you're screwing up the rest of the girls that are already being doubly screwed right. because they can't even make money right now considering what's going on with the coronavirus. Just they just got a really bad. Yeah. Just damn. But yeah, I was reading Dahlia Sin's uh, interview with EW about that. And I, that was something I never even it's, thought yeah, it's, about. It's just uh, I just feel for everybody being affected. Yeah, which which on that note, buy their merchandise, tip them on Venmo. I know Jinx Monsoon is promoting a bunch of queens like stores and mm-hmm. stuff. So even though and there's like somebody is doing where did I see that? Somebody is doing like a, a Twitch stream drag show, like support, support, support. Yeah, if like you can, virtual experiences. Queens, yeah. Yes. Exactly, because these queens are dependent on this stuff. But anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the best thing that they can do. Just, you know, obviously you can't edit her all the way out, but you can at least do your best to mute her. But it will be a bit weird when whenever she does perform well and we don't get to see her, you know, congratulate herself. But I'd much prefer that over just like this heavy edit of Sherry Pie, because that's just going to make everybody feel even more uncomfortable. So I just say, you know, pat her on the back when, when you're supposed to. But other than that, you know. There's plenty of queens that are have great personalities to be narrators. So right? I, right, I feel like the show does have a bevy of personalities, Liana, to be able to lean on in place of Sherry Pie. Yeah, and that's why for me, I mean, the the, the other queens are just so good this season, and so I it definitely mm-hmm. didn't feel lacking. Didn't feel like oh, there's a hole in this episode. And I will say, like one of the reasons why I had such an emotionally negative response to talking last week on the podcast was because I had to see this person give so many confessionals and do so many jokes and be you know the narrator of that Mm -hmm. episode and this didn't bring me that same negative emotional response i don't know if that's because a little bit more time has passed or you know because even though it still kind of makes me cringe a little bit to see her so i think that this was a really good decision and major props to the editors who are getting this done like this shit's not easy oh my god like they're having to essentially re-edit the entire season because based on that first or i guess second episode i think a lot of the narration was surrounding uh, sherry pie 
Well, it's a good thing that they make them dress up and come in to do confessionals because they can really just come put that outfit back on, <laughs> yeah. read all those confessionals. You know, like like if I were them, I would be like, okay, I'll be the narrator for the season. Like, what you want me to do? I'll talk about this competition again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it was weird in the final critiques too when it was all the comments. You know, when Sherry Pie was there were about the group. Your group did this. Your group did that. And that was, I mean, very clearly an editing mm-hmm. choice. And I, I think it's for the best. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this episode. This freaking mess. A mess. Messisode. I don't even know. This this main, main challenge was just so... I can't even wait to talk about it. But uh, we kick things off with the two groups of girls meeting from episode one and episode two. Of course, you have that initial standoff, but then they, they get into lots of hugging. Um, and I think I get my favorite quote from the whole episode, which is when they ask Heidi how, you know, how she's doing. She says, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> but I think I'm definitely going to start uh, using that for sure. But this was very much like drag race survivor style Brent like felt like they were two tribes that were still there's still some tensions tension between them and I think that that comes out throughout this episode yeah and I think it would have worked a little bit better except some of the queens already know each other Mm -hmm. like uh, you were like you had it like there's so many New York queens that of course there were some on the first cast and some on the second cast and so when they come together and they're trying to like give each other the dirty the stink eye you know uh, (laughs) then they're like hey girl how you doing like I just saw you last week so uh, I thought it worked pretty well but it was definitely fun to see some of the real tension that was there with you know Heidi for instance I thought she is uh, she's somebody who really likes her peeps also so um, Aiden Zane, I thought, was somebody else who was really partial to the group that she liked and uh, that she came in with initially more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm on. Did you have anything you want? No, say? I mean, I, saw, I sort of feel like I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this whole group thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm here for the. Did it feel fake yeah, to you? Like it's sort of just okay. like okay, girls. Like you guys came in two separate groups, so you're gonna throw some shade. But like, is this gonna be like a theme of this season? Because eventually, y'all are gonna start getting close, and then I, I don't know. I'm just sort of like, uh, can we just move on to like you guys just hating each other individually and not having party lines? Like, <laughs> I just want yeah. the individual yeah, shade. Yeah, exactly. We'll That's kind of how I felt too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we'll definitely get there. All right. So now we get our next day in the workroom where we get the ranking of the tops and the bottoms, aka the strongest to the weakest. Where the two winners from episodes one and two, Widow and Jada, have to rank everybody. So I don't know if y'all thought that these rankings were valid, Amon, but we had widow ranking uh, the order was sherry who's the strongest jan dahlia rock and aiden which in that moment made me realize how much stronger the other group was <laughs> like whoops <laughs> um but then we had jada rank Gigi, britta nikki jackie crystal and heidi um which again i realized how strong the group was uh but ultimately they end up breaking up into four groups with four different i guess skit themes is what i would call it yes yeah, like it was yeah. some Im- some improv prompts. I felt like okay, yeah, improv prompts. Okay, so we get Widow, Nikki, and Crystal, which are the Squirrel Sisters, Jada, Jan, Rock, and Dahlia, which are the Fruity Patooties, Heidi, Jackie, and Gigi, who are the Del Rio triplets, and Hayden, 
Aiden, Sherry, and Britta, who are the three girls, one brain. So I think it just makes the most sense to just go through and talk about each of these groups one at a time. Brent, yeah. do you have one that you want to start with? I mean, I feel like we have to start with the first group, the uh, the Jackie Cox-led group of the mm-hmm. three old bitches with mm-hmm. uh, Heidi and Claus. And by the way, let's just talk about this really quickly. I do not have a name. I, I do not have a problem with Heidi and Closet's name. I love that name. <laughs> it's a punny name. I like it. The only the, the only small quibble that I have is I feel like her last name should be The Closet. So it's so it's Heidi Heidi in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> because that rolls off the tongue. Whereas Heidi in closet, like nobody says that. So uh, that's why I'm like the last name needs a little work, but I don't want her to be Heidi Ho or Yeah, Heidi what the hell is RuPaul doing? You already made Jan like, turn to Jan and you're you're getting rid of Britta Filter. Like now you're like I, I just feel like she's being so hard on her for this name, and it's like it's yeah, drag race. It's the least thing I want to talk about. I don't care about that. I love <laughs> Heidi's personality. I love her funniness. I love her jokes. I love her improv. I love some of her outfits. I, I just want to talk about everything but that. So mm-hmm. yes, I loved this first group, and in fact, I was a little spoiled because I feel like the first group went so well that. As we went along, it got progressively (laughs) worse from my perspective from some of the queens. I thought that they were right in that Heidi, I don't want to say she carried this group, but without her energy there, I don't know if this group would have been as successful as they ultimately were. Jackie, uh, who was the other queen that was with them? Gigi Good, Mm. Miss Good. Gigi Good. So Gigi Good was the the dead queen, basically, who kept falling asleep. Um, and Jackie was like the ventriloquist, like moving her mouth. And Jackie's energy was also great. Also, uh, I didn't remember her, but Gigi's was. I mean, Gigi to me was was great in this episode, but it was more about her runway rather than her performance necessarily in the challenge. Um, but I loved this group, and I was really kind of bummed that Heidi didn't win. But that's kind of probably how I feel about Sherry Pie in general. That I didn't want her to win. I wanted Heidi to win, and I knew it was going to be the one of the two of them. Okay, first of all, the fact that Rue hates Heidi's name so much. I just want to go back to that because it's insane to me. Rue even took the time to explain, yes. look, <laughs> the way that your mouth has to change from Heidi to N is like a big problem. I was like, girl, sit down. Stop. Like, Heidi in closet is fine. It's um, totally fine. But Aman, what did you think of their performance? I liked it. It was it was a great, like, little. I've been on the podcast before when we've talked about improv challenges, and they are hard. Okay, like improv is so hard. I don't think that people really understand just how witty of a person that you have to be and just how open of a person that you have to be. Because, I mean, Jackie had it right. Like, number one rule of improv is always yes and. You just have to be able to go along with whatever um, the parameters of the improv scene are and just have fun. The minute you get too stiff and the minute you start being overly analytical is when the whole thing just goes, goes to shit. Okay, so I feel like, I feel like. Part of what made it easier for them to sort of riff off one another was the fact that there were only two because one of them was dead. (laughs) So it sort of like gave them (laughs) a bit of room to, you know, make a few jokes here and there. But that with that being they had a rhythm. mm -hmm. Yeah. With that being said, I still feel like Gigi, even as a dead bitch, she was still giving you, you know, she was still clearly present. I never felt like Gigi was just being dragged along until the very end until when they literally dragged her out of the room. But or no, she dragged them out of the room. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it was a. It was an. It was a nice team. It was a good team. They. They all. I feel like they had like a really succinct uh, theme for their uh, little act. And I just felt. I tweeted this during the show. It was like the fact that they have a dead bitch in their group, whilst Ornacia is 
a third judge is just like pure gay synchronicity. Bitch. Like it's just like how does that happen? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm so, thank you so much for bringing that up. I I was living for that. I love the fact because most of the time they were showing just Ross and Charo, mm-hmm. who we haven't even talked about, who was great in this challenge. But also, oh my god, the fact that Ornacia was there and who was that? Was that Monet doing the uh, voice for uh, Ornacia? Was no, it? I think Latrice? it was. Vi- I think it was Vivacious. Was I mean, it really vivacious? The, I don't know, but the audio quality was so was. bad. I was like, girl, did you record really this on a flip phone? Like, I'm sorry, like we couldn't like, get a higher quality microphone. Yeah, I was like, I've, sometimes <laughs> I felt like Latrice, and I was like, is this Latrice trying to be vivacious? And they couldn't get vivacious, but they're going to make the audio quality bad? That's what I thought. I thought it was Latrice as vivacious. Maybe. I think it was vivacious. Oh my God, I'm going to be so like mortified if that is really vivacious. Oh, oh anyway. well, us to well, always have like a part of the episode where we like are <laughs> misnaming the queens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we picked the wrong queen. Um, but yeah, and Charo and Ross, I, I okay, so look, I think the best impro like improvising that happened was probably Ross in general mm-hmm. throughout this yep. whole um this 100%. whole episode. But I will say that the Del Rio trio was probably the best of the the four. Again, best does not mean good. Best is a relative term referring to the rest of them because these were these were very cringeworthy. There were a few times that I laughed and one of them was during uh their skit, which is when Ross said that uh Blanca, which was Gigi Good's character, was a dead ringer for Carol Channing and then Jack Jackie goes raspberries <laughs> like, with, with the, the ventriloquism thing. That actually made me laugh out loud. That and when Heidi was like, I'm going to take you to church this time. And she just starts like breaking it down. Um, I thought that that was really funny. I thought the only thing, honestly, was that the the weekend at Bernie's bit, they maybe started too early. Like you could have started it later to give Gigi a little bit more play. But mm-hmm. to be honest, yeah, I liked this one the best out of all of them. Yeah uh okay um well i guess yeah let's see so we can (laughs) which one of the of the worst do we want to talk about (laughs) whatever i guess we'll just go in order let's talk about some squirrel sisters so these were the um girl scout supposedly girl scout-esque um characters of widow nikki and crystal crystal with her elder barge hair um which rue singing rhythm of the night in the workroom was something that was hilarious i would have loved to have heard how awkward that was without the background music <laughs> but anyway um so widow nikki and crystal are coming to at us coming to us from camp bang brent what did you think about these ladies I thought this was Widow and nobody else. Yeah. I thought that Nikki and Crystal were pretty terrible. Uh, they had no rhythm. They were awkward at various times um, for various reasons. Nikki, because I feel like maybe there is a little bit of a language barrier there and I feel for her. Although I, and I don't necessarily agree that the show is like, just be like Charo and just like French it up and that'll be funny. And I'm like, like, like if she did that, would they really then accept yeah. it? I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like they were talking out of both ends of their mouth when they were judging that. Um, Crystal Method, I feel like, was way in over her head. Like, I love her as a queen. She's fun. She's spicy. But my God, I felt like through this entire episode, she definitely was the weakest. In fact, I, I actually did feel like she was worse than Dahlia. And I feel like I've listened to Dahlia's interviews after the fact and how Crystal should have been in the bottom. And I kind of agree. Crystal should have been in the bottom. But yeah. RuPaul chose who she did but widow von du was so spectacular in this challenge i mean like if they were judging by teams widow would have been the one from this team that was definitely safe because she was 
she just had a, has a natural energy about her that is funny and she owns her shit. Like there were a couple of really corny jokes and a couple of really corny puns where she said them and they were mm-hmm. definitely like, oh, gr- they were, they were groaners, you know, they were like, oh God, but she owned them so well that it was so funny. And so, yeah. I it was widow and nobody else. <laughs> I think it always serves you well when you choose something specific. I mean, they said it in the uh in the during the judging panel like because of the fact that widow had a shtick, she had the flask, she obviously liked to eat food, she had a barbecue stain on her sash. Like all of those things will really really help you because it's something that because in in a a situation uh, like improv where everything is sort of like up in the air, if you have things to ground you in a character, that's always going to work well and yeah. I feel like Nikki Doll and Crystal Method just didn't have that. Like they were just we're Girl Scouts and we suck. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, I th- they ha- I think they had descriptions. One was the pretty one, and one was the sexy one because Nikki wanted to be the drunk one. But even then, if you're going to be the sexy one, I I could not tell you which one was the sexy no. one. But if you're going to play sexy, play it up. Like just go all out. Be, like with the nut butter, especially like lick the you know the like yeah. jars and like really just be sensual and sexy. Be like the broccoli. <laughs> that Dahlia was trying to realize like a fully realized like sexy scout you know I just I felt like there was so much that Nikki and Crystal could have done so yeah Bran I totally agree with you this was the widow show I thought that she was Wait. so funny yeah they were they should have been more like uh, Jinx Monsoon and Alaska Ward you, do you guys remember the ad challenge from season 5 where they had to make their own ads and it was like you know red for oh yeah, I remember that. You know, you know, and like delusion. Yes. And I, can't, I think Jinx was delusion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like they, you know, they had these things where they were obviously not sexy, but they made them so sexy. And I, I, I really do feel like that if Nikki Doll and Crystal had been able to, or Nikki Doll specifically, had been able to channel that a little bit more, it would have been. Uh, ha- more successful than what ended up happening. Especially you're selling a product, which I think they were supposed to be on like some weird version of Shark Tank. I don't know. This was like a yeah. really weird turducken as Rock described in a reality <laughs> TV show. You have a product called Nut Butter. <laughs> like those sexual innuendos literally write themselves. You know what I mean? Like go all f- for it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, so yeah, that was the Squirrel Sisters. I don't I don't even know what else to say. I think Widow's This Is Barbecue Sauce line, again, probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah my favorite um, line. Of, of this group, because to be honest, there just wasn't much else to say. And I think Crystal even acknowledged when she messed up at the very beginning, like, ooh, like, yikes, this is not going to be good. And Widow also vocalized it afterwards, where if this is a team challenge, we are screwed. You know, like, I'm nervous <laughs> for, um, for how this could be judged. Like, I even recognize that this was a disaster. Um, Okay, let's move on to our fruity patooties, Amon. This is Jada, Rock, Dahlia, and Jan, just Jan. uh, And they are like the Fruit of the Loom characters. Right? This was just so strange to me. I really don't feel like any of them really did that good of a job. Even Jan, like... I think the I think the bit the best thing that Jan did was when she covered for for Dahlia and called her a Brock ally. I, that, I actually laughed at that. But other than that, everything else just seemed so canned to me. You know what I mean? Like it just I I just you, wasn't. You don't feel like Rockham did good. I I, I feel like Rockham Sakura did 
pretty good during this challenge as the orange, even though she didn't want to be the orange. And there was a whole subplot about she wanted to be the bad apple. And she went like she wanted to steal that from from Jada. But Jada didn't want to give it up. And then ultimately she got the orange. And I felt like I she mean, was she pretty did, good. It was a good job, of course, like of putting all of those puns in there. I think that, that was a good a good touch but i just felt like conceptually i just didn't understand because halfway through it they were like supposed to they were supposed to not be gay but they were pretending to be gay because they're fruits and i'm like what <laughs> right what, what is the through line here i don't understand any of this at all <laughs> i'm not sure they did either I, and i'm not even totally sure that that's the way the skit was supposed to go like they, they got some improv prompts at the beginning and ross decided to take it in that direction uh, but like i feel like a lot of their successes and fails basically depended on what ross decided to say and how he decided to interact yeah. with them don't you think liana i don't know i honestly don't because they had the bad apple come in it wasn't the bad apple like they're not gay so that came from the bad apple yeah that's true Jada. so um yeah, this was really interesting to me. I, I enjoyed all of the fruit puns. The Brock ally line, as you mentioned, I thought was really great. And that was great. <laughs> and he and he totally dismissed that, too. Like, like he, I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. Thought it was yeah. funny. <laughs> and the the orange Rockham's line about how many doctors do I have to eat a day to keep <laughs> you away? That I thought was, it was great. also really funny. Yeah. Love um, that. And then I thought Dahlia's line about, like, take your stem out of my face awkward pause then she just like runs at her with the, her like stock I thought it was actually really funny I mean it was awkward funny um, I was oh like, you know what that reminded me it still made me laugh I was so mad at yeah. Dahlia for not using because when uh uh when uh, uh, Ross called her out for not being a fruit, I was like, just say, I'm a bit of a stalker. I can't help myself. But she didn't say it. And I was so mad. I thought it was so <laughs> obvious, but I guess not. <laughs> Easy for me to say from oh, my couch. That's so funny. Yeah, right. You're like Friday night quarterbacking <laughs> or in their case, well, you know, lambing. On. She, she, she still doesn't know who uh, Bob Fosse is. So like and we're talking months <laughs> after she got, just, you know, booted yeah, off the show I so uh i don't i don't think this is somebody that really cares I to know. learn like <laughs> she's so pretty though um oh my god she's so pretty i watched her yeah. so she recreated her look she did a makeup tutorial on wow um on the youtube channel which was really good she's just so pretty um <clears throat> but yeah i i actually didn't i didn't mind this i mean it was a mess and it was really awkward and super cringy but like i was laughing cringing where i was like more bored at the squirrel sisters mm -hmm. so i guess if i had to like rank them of these three i guess i would say the del rio triplets which by the way so at first i was like oh it's just a joke that bianca del rio is old but then it was a reference to the del rubio triplets um uh, which was like an american like folk group of triplets that performed like cover versions of songs anyway so that was like a weird joke within a joke i guess um but anyway yeah i would say the del rio trio then the gay fruits and the squirrel sisters if i had to rank the three that would be my order i i would agree with that uh, okay yep. yeah okay all right well let's talk about our last group then the three girls one brain skit so that was aiden sherry pie and britta brent and apparently they got hit by lightning and now they only have one brain Okay, so I'm going to be real with you guys. This one I thought I was going to hate the most. But and it took a while to get off the ground. But once it did, it 
was right up there with the Del Rio sisters in terms of my LOLing at this challenge and my obvious like um I, I was gleeful at how funny this was. And but the thing was I felt like Ross was helping them so much. Ross was such a big part of this specific mm. kit that I almost didn't know how to judge it. Um because he was like uh just like I'm gonna give you some tests to see <laughs> and like and his and his cadence when he walked up to them and looked at them. And said, I'm going to slap you. And if you have one brain, like, and they're looking at him and like so much of that was Ross. So yes, they did a great job, but I, I felt like Ross was an overly big part of this. But like I said, once it got off the ground, I felt like this was probably along with the Del Rio sisters, the funniest skit of the bunch because they had such a natural, there was never any awkward parts to this challenge. It was fully realized. It was a fully like uh, realized concept in a way where it felt like I was watching an actual skit that had been prepared and, and rehearsed, even though a lot of it was improv. So kudos to these queens. They all did a great job. Amon, did you feel the same way? Yeah, it did take a long time to, to get off the ground. It's, and a lot of oh it had God. to do. I don't mean to cut you off, Amon, but at the beginning when they were doing the, um, you know, we're three queens <laughs> with one. Like I'm like, if they they, they can't yes, talk like this the entire exactly time. Right? Like, I was like the reason why it took so long to yeah. get off of the ground was because of that bullshit. And I was like, oh <laughs> my god, really? Like I get it, it's funny, but this is like the, this. I'm working too hard for this joke. Like come on. Like, um, but I do think that it was a succinct um, group together. Like I, I I got the concept. It was it was it was nice. It was it was everything made sense. And I kind of disagreed with the whole thing afterwards when uh sherry and brenna are getting on zane aiden again i'm gonna have to fucking protect my sis aiden they are so mean oh my god what do you want from her she engaged in the in in the skit with the both of you like she was doing everything that you guys were doing quite literally because that's what the way that it was set up and then you guys were mad because you you guys brenna is so full of herself sherry pie obviously too but like they are so full of themselves i mean like they, they may be stronger queens than aiden zane fine but Aiden Zane, what, how, do you, how do you pronounce the name? Aiden it, Zane. Aiden Zane, I'm sorry, I apologize. But, like, god damn it, this was so awkward to watch them, like, come to her and say, basically, like, accuse her of picking well. Like, she picked two really strong queens, and they're like, well, aren't, are you just going to be like this every time? That we're, we're not going to be there to save you. Like, shit, the, take several seats, Britta. I don't want to hear it. I, I was not responding well to this at all. Yeah, I didn't either. I really hated it. The lines about, like, oh, well, you didn't lead us. We carried you. And then Aiden's like, bitch, I know. Like, I picked you because you were strong queens. And then the whole thing about you know, Aiden was like, look, I'm not going to focus on these queens constructive criticism, which got me thinking if Britta and Sherry Pie actually wanted to help Aiden help her pick out a different wig. Tell her, hey, maybe don't wear a sweater with bows on it down the runway. Like, <laughs> let her borrow one of your wigs, maybe some new <laughs> shoes, you know, like t- t- help that way. Like, don't come for her because, oh, she, you know, she didn't quote unquote lead you like you guys are strong. She listened to your opinions and I didn't think she did that bad. Was she a complete standout? No, but like I would have put Crystal below her. So, you know, like I I don't know. I really didn't get it. I really didn't get that they were coming from. And Britta is super full of herself. And that definitely came out in this episode, especially in the beginning. She's like, oh, we have all these New York queens. Yeah, but I'm the one to beat. It's a confidence that's unattractive. Um, And so I was not not happy to see that. But you know what? We're talking about her. So she's making for TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, um, and then just to go back to give my opinion about the three girls, one brain, it was a little tough to watch because it was so slow. But upon the watching it the second time, I actually laughed a lot more um, because yeah. I like got I got it. I got the shtick. Yep, I got what too. they were going for. And I could get why Ross was laughing because they kept cutting to Ross and Charo during their whole skit. And Ross was like cracking up. So <laughs> clearly, like it was funny in the moment. And I like I didn't realize that it was like that it was a scam. Right. That, that if if you knew it was a scam, then you'd be laughing because you know that their that their comeuppance is coming soon. Like they're right. trying to act like they're three girls one brain, but no, they're not really. So, at, but at the beginning, I really thought they were three girls one brain. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so that's what they are. So they're going to be talking like this the entire time. If I had known what was coming, I think I would have laughed a lot sooner. Right. Right. And. Well, and the whole point when um they like Aiden and Britta are still trying to we are two girls with one brain. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, fuck it. Girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Britta's like, fuck it, like runs out. That was so, 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 so funny. So good. Oh, that was great. Oh gosh. Um <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I wanna go watch that again. That was like the end of that skit was so good. We're two girls. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Um, all right. So before we get into talking about our runway, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. And we are back. Um, let's see. So before we run into the runway, is did you guys have anything you wanted to say about our sort of like mirror segment? Dahlia Sin has a twin, which is a fun thing to say, but IDK. I com- am completely embracing the fact that I love Dahlia Sin all like just for superficial reasons. I mean, she's a pretty girl. And you can just <laughs> add the fact that she has a twin to that long list of superficial reasons because the thought of two Dahlia sins is just like mm, 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 mm. Isn't it you though? saw that pic though yeah. I was like oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I love the fact that she's all a little selfish about her drag she's like now he's talking to me like he wants to do drag but like he, you know, I've been doing it for six months, and I'm like, no, that's my thing. Like, you can have your thing. And he, and he was like, girl, I want to do drag. But of course, like he doesn't say girl because he doesn't talk like that. So <laughs> I'm trying to imagine these two twins trying to get along, and how one has been out of the closet for like six months longer than the other one. So he's already fully embraced himself, whereas the other one is just like he's a baby coming out of the closet. You know, like there was a time when like I came out of the closet for like you know two weeks, my first two weeks, and you know I didn't talk like I did not do now. I don't. I didn't have the confidence that. I do now. I still was like the scared little, you know, closeted boy who had just recently come out of the closet. I was trying to embrace myself, but I couldn't do it. So I fully, like, I got both 
sides of the coin, like with Dahlia and her, her confidence and also with her brother and his, you know, curiosity about what drag offers for it him. Wasn't, it, mm-hmm. it was a bit of an interesting story to hear that, like about how like he would, came out to um, his mom in an Applebee's and then like, but his brother was like, you know what, now leave me the fuck out of that. And like, just couldn't do it for six months. <laughs> that was like just so sweet. Um, and just like, you know, sort of like, just a reminder that everybody, you know, moves at different paces, even if you are identical to them genetically. <laughs> like, so it was it was it was nice that she got to share that with us. I was I was I was totally expecting when she was telling the story about how he eventually did come out and her mom was like, finally, I was totally expecting her to say like, oh, damn, well, I guess I'm not having any grandkids. But she said finally instead, which was a bit of a relief. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I thought that, that was really great and it was cool to hear that their mom is, you know, completely accepting because I think a lot of times we hear coming out stories on the show that aren't necessarily as positive and mm-hmm. so it's just always nice to hear that there are, you know, families that love and that can accept people and and twins just the way they are. Um that would be my dream by the way to have gay twins, okay? So I don't know <laughs> if the universe has it in store for me, but that would be amazing. I love all my children equally, but if they're gay twins, like especially if they look like that, oh my god. <laughs> I just want gorgeous right? babies, okay? It's all I want in life. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, speaking of people who are gorgeous, Olivia Munn was our guest judge this episode <laughs> um, on our runway here. Amon, did you have any thoughts about her as a guest judge? I'm not even like, I'm, who is Olivia Munn? And that's not shade. Like, I just wasn't. She was on Scandal, right? Was she? Um, I th- okay. Was she? She was. I might be wrong. Oh, my God. Olivia Pope is the name of the character on Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think i mixed it up oh my god well i remember she started on um attack of the show and um and that was what i knew her from but then she's been acting and in, in a lot of different things um like our, yeah like i recognize her face i just don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay not on scandal um she's been in magic mike the horror film deliver us from evil x-men apocalypse oh um, that's what i know her from x-men she plays psylocke in x-men yes that's it oh, oh my god that is exactly it damn it friends isn't she right. she's dating aaron Rodgers? oh no was in a relationship oh that's so sad <laughs> okay uh, well sh- she got to have it though yeah. so okay good for her good girl <laughs> you go girl um i thought she i thought she was overall she was fine you know i liked her her um whole thing with crystal method although we'll get to crystal method and the judges comments. we'll get to crystal method <laughs> but yeah i thought she was fine um okay so the theme this week was buttons and bows so i guess we'll just go down the line brent what did you think of jada essence hall's look i was a little bored mm. a little bored it was a little cutesy flouncy bouncy uh girly i i didn't go for this i i i I, I thought she could have done more. I certainly expected more. Like to me, she is one of the driving queens of this season. She is one of the queens who I hold her to a higher standard because she's that fucking good. And while this was certainly fitted well, constructed well, the makeup was right, everything about it I thought worked, it was a little boring. I did not care for it a lot. Yeah, I mean, it set, it certainly wasn't cinched the way that I thought that it would be considering it's uh it's Jada because like everything that she wears so so far is like so I thought that was the construction of it though. Like I mean I, I take your point that it is not as cinched 
like it doesn't look as cinched as she has been but i felt like that was more a result of the voluminous construction mm. and not necessarily a reflection of the fact that she wasn't cinched as much yeah as she that's true I, I am appreciative of the fact that she had both bows and buttons because some of these queens took this this look very um like uh loosely because some of them didn't have either had all of one and none of the other or like very little and i just felt like that was at least she had a bit of a balance with both the buttons and the bows I like to imagine a mom with a clipboard being like counting the buttons and bows and be like, bitch, this ratio is one Listen, to ten. I was, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I was like sitting there because I watched I watched um, this episode at the bar um, on Friday and I was like over there screaming from the background like, why? Where are the bows? And everybody's just like, oh, my God, like, don't take it that seriously. I'm like, but seriously, like, are, are they in the fact that nobody got clocked for it? Like, I was like, that's so weird to me. But see. I mean, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I felt like that they could do either. Like, I didn't expect anybody to have. No, it said buttons and bows, not buttons or bows. (laughs) I feel like I feel like Rue has done this before, where she's had like, uh, like some sort of like you know theme to the drag, and it's been like blank and blank, and you know, but they don't necessarily go together. Like some of the queens did only one, and I was totally here for it because they did it so well. So I'll disagree with you. I have literally no strong opinion about this, but I'm living for Amon's very strong opinion of this. (laughs) I know, right? Me too. (laughs) Yes. um, I guess. Yeah, I didn't mind as much um, that they did not have both. However, it does say buttons and bows. It's not buttons and or bows. It's not buttons or bows. Bitch says buttons and bows. Right. So um, we need to bring both to the table. I want to go look and see. Like, is there one that's this and that, and see if they have both denim, denim and diamonds. That was one, right? Um, Did that have both denim? Yeah, I think I I remember that one. Some people did, but some people didn't. <laughs> I, I just feel like you can do either. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we have both buttons and bows here on Jada. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think, yeah, because I do also hold her to a little bit of a higher standard. But that being said, I actually like this outfit, but I really want it to be made out of latex. Ooh, uh, I know that that's not that buttons and or cool. bows. But that would have been amazing. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know how well that would have gone with buttons. This is a little basic for her. I think it would have helped the fit too if it had been made out of latex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's definitely true. I'm just saying that. But she does look like a little bit of a Barbie doll. I love the really clunky shoes. I think that helps to complete the look. Um, but it's not anything that like I'm going to be gagged about. Nah, it's very tricksy Mattel um, to me. Oh, you think it's? Can we talk about Dahlia Sin? Yeah, let's talk about Dahlia Sin, Brent. What do you feel? I mean, this run, this runway should have saved her. Mm. I, I, I feel like I, they were being overly hard on her. Uh, Michelle's comments about, oh, well, we can't even see the the interesting hair you because of what you're wearing on your head. And I'm like, I can see it perfectly fine. What, what what's your problem? Um, this was sexy. It was hot. It was fitted. It embraced the challenge. Had bows everywhere. Um, and her makeup was so right. And she walked the runway so well. Like the, compared to Crystal, come on! Hmm. I, I'm with her in her outrage. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, what do you feel? Hey, yeah, no, I, I mean, I just got done slobbering all over freaking Dahlia Sin, <laughs> but I didn't like this. I didn't get it. It was str- like the bodice was strange. 
the front was just everything like blended so much in with her skin, which I guess maybe was what she was kind of going for. But it just looked like a big purple thing resting on top of her. And then the back of it looked undone and unfinished. And the the. the I, I thought that's what she was going for. It was sort of uh, a not fully constructed look that was on purpose. And, and I know that sounds like I'm giving her a pass. I'm not. I, I There were a few other queens that had sort of a deconstructed look. I felt like that's yeah, what she was trying to give true. us. That's true. I mean, I... But I may be wrong, I, though. I... I, Because I, Nikki Doll sort of, like I said, had the same thing kind of going, but I feel like Nikki's look kind of pulled it off. I don't think this one did. It's just... It seemed way too frumpy. And, like, the hair thing... I didn't really mind not seeing her hair like it was just a freaking you know bob cut anyway who, who cares but i liked the hair piece i think that was probably the most or the uh the bow or the bunny ears rather um that piece, was like yeah. the 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 crowning jewel of the outfit for me and you're right like she looked beautiful with the makeup but i don't know i just didn't i, I like the shoes the shoes were cute um but other than that i was just like ah, really dog yeah like i was expecting something else like if you're gonna do this like why didn't you go for like just full-on like rihanna s&m you know with a bunch of bows and buttons all over it. Like, I don't know. It just, it wasn't. I want, I want either like more bunny or less bunny. Like, I don't really get bunny apart from the headpiece, but it could also just I, be I didn't like get bunny either. Tentacles. I'll agree with you on that. Are they like yeah. bow tentacles coming out of her head? I, I, I don't quite know. So it's like, have a, have a, have a tail. Yeah, and they were make like malleable too, weren't they? Like, she could like move them around and make them do different shapes so i was like is it really a bunny or did you just say that now because you know you can make them look like bunny ears like because that's what we're going with yeah I, I don't know i loved the colors um i thought the shoes were gorgeous with the little bows on them um and i her makeup is just freaking flawless i mean she's absolutely gorgeous both in and out of drag but she can contour her face in such a way that makes her look even more beautiful but uh mm -hmm. yeah i think i'd have to go more with aman on this one just because i didn't How quite dare you? get it i know right i didn't quite get it so maybe this is my uneducated self, but I didn't quite get the art that was going on here. Um, but I don't know. Uh, the color was gorgeous. I like that part. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Sorry. I, last thing. I, I, uh, I don't often talk about this, but the judges, Carson, when he said, and then there's Mauve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. I was here for that. That was funny. She does sell it well. She sells it well on the runway. And I think that that yeah, really she helps. Does. Now, Rockham Sakra comes out in her Alice in Wonderland inspired outfit, Aman. What did you think about this? I... Well, we can already tell you don't have a strong take on it. Like... <laughs> so, was the whole point of her drinking the drink me bottle and then dropping the hair, was that supposed to signify her growing? Or was it just more of just like a silly prop to really sell the image of Alice in Wonderland? Like, what's going on here? I'm on, you're overthinking it. <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the point of the prop was, but I appreciated it. This was a great look. I loved it. I mean, I don't know if the bottle is there because the hair is growing or if it's just sort of there to sell the overall aesthetic of the Alice in Wonderland-esque look. But I Loved this. This was one of the few times where I feel like Rockham Sakura's makeup really worked with this particular outfit. I loved how open her eyes were, the white between her eyes, and how it really like went with the outfit itself. The hair piece with the uh, the hair dragging behind her with all the bows on it, and her little story that she had with it. Um, and she just 
went out there and owned that shit, and I loved it. I I, I really responded well. I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I liked everything. I think it looked great, and I loved the long hair. I was just questioning the the campiness of it all because I, you know, I. I'm a Disney gay. I take my Disney very seriously. So if you're gonna if you're gonna you use my beloved Alice in Wonderland as the inspiration, then I want to know what the story is that you're telling. And right now, I just didn't get it. But she did look good nonetheless. So it was kind of just like <laughs> middle of the road for me. If she grew, shouldn't her hair get shorter? Yeah, that's what, and that was like, that was what I was thinking too. Like I thought- was like, what's what's what? <laughs> so tell tell me tell me the thought process, honey. I want to know from one Disney gay to oh. another. Just tell me. Let me know. She should she should like get up on stilts, um, yeah. <laughs> like rock Ivy out that way. I don't know. Ivy <laughs> Winters, yeah. Um, I I thought that this was this was cute. I thought that she had a lot of bows. Now, did I see a lot of buttons? That I can't speak to. The only like really major criticism I have with Rock because I've actually been really loving what Rock has brought to the table so far is I feel like a lot of her outfits are ill-fitted around the waist it's almost like she got a new corset and now Mm -hmm. nothing fits right around the waist area Mm -hmm. it's all very loose there and i just want to like take it in just a little bit right there and i think that that would just make it so much more polished because she has the hair with all the bows the shoes are super cute i thought her makeup was really gorgeous she has the little prop but i just kept getting distracted by all of the movement that was happening there so that would be like my only really major criticism of this look but i thought it was cute it was a cool take you know who would think to do alice in wonderland with buttons and bows you know so like good on her for being creative yeah that's a a fair point about the the fit the fit is a little off and she may be a queen that has recently lost weight Mm -hmm. and yeah i was i was thinking maybe not everything because she is like so she's so cute as a boy uh and she has such a like a little cute little body that you just want to you know grab and pinch that maybe she i did i I don't know if she's talked about weight loss in the past um although it may be something where she maybe she doesn't realize she has lost weight i mean like that happened to me like uh last month i don't know if i i never this is like my life coming up on a podcast but i went and had my physical done and they weighed me i was 25 pounds under where i thought i was going to be like i expected the number to be blank and the number was 25 pounds under that number Mm -hmm. and i was like like and I've done basically nothing to make that happen. <laughs> I just got a job. That's all I did. I got a job and started working. Um, so I know, right? Uh, so uh, maybe uh, maybe she doesn't realize that she's lost some weight and she has her figure is not what it once was, and she needs to cinch up more. And or maybe she lost weight like right up until when they started taping, or it could be like a reverse survivor where she like knew she was going to go on RuPaul's Drag Race and was like, I have to get in shape. But yeah, and the consequence of that is the fact that her outfit. I don't thought about fit. that too because I was like, this is like a common theme yeah. now with a lot of her stuff, and I, and I I did like look through her Instagram, and she's not. Of course, she's not. Like I wouldn't oh, uh, classify her as overweight but she's definitely not skinny so i wonder if there was like a bit of a weight fluctuation going on there but uh, who knows she's like jacked though i think too yeah she is she is yeah yeah. definitely yeah so i don't know um but good for her maybe hey you know what if it's anything like brent's situation that means that she's working more so (laughs) that's a good thing (laughs) all right i want to talk about jan because jan's voodoo look was so freaking cool like this is something that i would not have expected a lot of the queens went out in these like very gorgeous you know pink per you know like um yes, fluffy predictable, predictable. yes exactly yep. barbie doll outfits she came out as a freaking voodoo doll um which was just absolutely amazing she's got the buttons she's got the bows this outfit made of burlap with the tearaways oh my gosh brent this was just uh, gag worthy for me 
this outfit was made of burlap and yet it looked so expensive. It looked really well done. I, I, I like, I mean, I could tell that a lot of work and time and effort went into this. This was so great. Not only that, but she had the reveal at the beginning where she like tore it off of her face and then her face and her makeup were so like the expression on her face with the makeup was such a great look and so striking compared to the, you know, uh, to the dark color of the burlap. And then she comes down the runway and she's meeting Amon's, you know, two categories. She has bows and she <laughs> has buttons. She has everything. It's a totally deconstructed look that looks fully constructed on the runway. A plus loved it. You were yeah, it, this yeah yeah I I love the fact that it was you know deconstructed but it still looked good and the fact that there were parts of the doll that were losing their stitching but it was still everything was still held in place and the makeup was mm-hmm, good yeah. that big ass bow on her on her head like the hat they had a tearaway skirt it was just unconventional like I I I had to. I just I like it when queens are coming down the runway and you're just like noticing a new thing with each and every step that they take. It's just like a it's like um what Tandy Newton said about um she uh what's your face last episode and like your your feast like that little heart there like all those yeah. buttons it was just it was so good so good the thing about Jan Amon she is such a chameleon Liana like she is she can do anything I feel like she is not bound by any particular look or aesthetic she is just a fantastic fucking queen and i'm so here for it i got me my backpack i am here for jan just jan (laughs) (laughs) and she's the queen that i uh i didn't expect it from her as well and i think that that's what's really refreshing the fact that she is coming out and is showing us all of these sides of her make me excited to see what she's going to bring next week because it's not predictable and she's going to do something new and something exciting i i'm worried at the moment about the lack of love from the judges in terms of her placement Mm -hmm. on the season but at least from my perspective i really like what she's bringing so I'm hoping she's a slow burn like yeah. Jinx Monsoon. You know, Jinx Monsoon never finished in the top or, or anything in the first like five episodes. <laughs> and then like, you know, Snatch Snatch Game came and then she took off from there. So I know that's like a once in a lifetime kind of thing, but uh, I'm hopeful, mm-hmm. you know, Fingers I'm crossed. hopeful that they notice Jan a little bit more. All right, Amon, our resident gay. Talk about <laughs> Heidi. <laughs> yes, Pinocchio. Yes, it was awesome. Resident Disney gay. That's what I meant. Disney gay. Did I just say gay? Because we got I got we what got you, brand I, new too, bitch. I forgot. I you. got what you meant. I got what you meant. Um, yeah, uh, obviously inspired by the animated classic, honey. Um, but also like a little bit of Sailor Moon in there too. She didn't say so, but I but I saw it. I saw it. Um, I liked how mm-hmm. you know she was like a. You, you couldn't see the bows in the beginning, but she wanted you to make sure that she had, or it needs to be the buttons. And she lifted up that flat and showed her, her ass with those, with those buttons all over. I thought that that was really, really cute. I loved the story behind it. I just feel like it added so much heart to it. You know, the look as a whole is sort of like on the basic end. I loved it because you're pandering to me, but it was still sort of like, eh, I don't know. Like, it wasn't, I feel like it wasn't enough buttons or bows for me. You know, she just had that big ass bow around her neck, and then that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. She had the buttons on her bum, yeah. and that was about it. Um, yeah, this look, I'm grading on a curve on this one <laughs> because this was like the bare minimum. Uh, this was a little cheap. Like, let's be honest, the skirt is cheap. It's like a, you know, sequined wrap skirt that you could wear for anything. Um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really impressed by it, but. 
I love the fact that she was in the top and that, that Rue recognized her performance in the challenge and that the runway, basically to me, the judges squinted a little bit and looked at her outfit and were like, okay, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wasn't impressed by it. Uh, it was a little spirit Halloween. For yeah, me. a little, a little Halloween. Yeah, uh, I agree. But the prosthetic yeah. was a nice touch. I'm happy that she brought that out. I thought that that was kind of cool. But, uh, but yeah, I, I get the criticisms. Also, I think she's covered in sequins, and this is not the this is not the sparkle yeah, challenge. This yeah. is the buttons and the bows challenge. So I think I'm only seeing one bow and maybe a total of like eight buttons. So. I don't know if we're going to compare to our next look, Gigi, who was covered in what I can best describe as just a shit ton of buttons. <laughs> uh, this is clearly lacking, but let's talk about Gigi. I loved, loved, loved this look. At first, I was hoping, okay, yes, I can say that it's like, oh, it's a basic silhouette. Oh, it's so obvious. Oh, of course she's going to do it. That's a that's a shit ton of buttons. <laughs> but Brent, I see you do not feel the same way. No, 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 I do. I do. Oh. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm aghast oh, good. at how good this is. <laughs> no, no, no. I like the, the, what I was going to say about the silhouette is, yes, the silhouette is predictable. Yes, it's a little basic. But given what she's wearing, the color and mm-hmm. the fact that she's absolutely covered in buttons, doesn't it have to be? Like, yeah. I mean, like the, the point of the outfit is that it's t- made entirely of buttons. That is the point of the outfit, that everything she's wearing from the sunglasses to the briefcase to the purse to the uh, to the blouse, not the blouse, the jacket. The jacket to the shorts to the boots everything is made of buttons and she literally can't sit down but when she walked down the runway she looked so comfortable and so owned it that i would never have guessed that she was not able to sit down she looked like an absolute supermodel she was an absolute pro i love the fact that it's done in such a striking color that it absolutely grabs your attention this was in the top three of the runway and possibly the winner for me. Uh, I think she should have been in the top again based on her performance in the challenge and the fact that she had the knockout runway of the, of the week. This was spectacular. No bows though. I'm on. No bows though. You know what? Like she really, really sold it. Like I, I was angry when I watched it for the first time, but when I watched it the second time, just like the swagger, both figuratively and literally with which she came down that runway with that ensemble. It's just, it's just so, it's just so good. And maybe I'm being pandered to again because orange is my favorite color, but like, damn, like just like the (laughs) the corroded texture of all of those buttons, just covering everything, but it's so sleek and just so it looks, she looks rich and she's wearing buttons yes. and it's just it just looks yep. so good and you know what she uh, this is the one she did ahead, say sorry. um uh that she was worried about not getting um getting a critique for having no bows so apparently somebody zoomed in on her on her uh her outfit and apparently on her panties there's a bow like right where her vagina would be <laughs> <laughs> okay whatever <laughs> that's not the reason why we love this outfit though it's because of the bows I, what I was going to say was this is the bitch that I got wrong okay we, we did a preseason podcast and we talked about you know the various queens and what we thought about them and what we thought we were going to get from them this queen she's special she is she's got personality and she knows how to work a runway she is fantastic I'm waiting to see a weakness I'm waiting to see if there's something that she's not good at but I am so 
I'm just like, it's almost like Brooklyn Heights where you think she's a pretty basic queen. And I really thought she was a basic queen. And then she comes out and absolutely steals your attention. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was so wrong about you. But yeah, I, I, I was astounded by this look. I, I think she's going to go far. I really do. Yeah, Even so. the fact that she was a dead corpse in the freaking challenge and she still it still felt like she was present. It still felt like she wasn't necessarily a prop, even though she was literally a prop for Jackie, <laughs> I think really uh, says right. something. And she just looks like a rich woman going on vacation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure she's covered in buttons, but but she about to fly. Right? It was so good. Now, mm. Yeah, it was ugh, it was so good. She she honestly looks like a woman who would say, I own 51% of this yes. company. <laughs> exactly. That is definitely her aesthetic. Now, Jackie, who is our next queen, comes out with an outfit inspired by the Pearlies of England, Brent. How did you feel about this one? <sighs> okay, here's the thing. I think that the look is very pretty. I love the color scheme. It is constructed incredibly well. I love the hairpiece. I love the uh, the hat with the um, the bow on it and the way that this look is constructed. But it's a little boring. I, it's basically, it is my criticism of Jada where I don't feel like it went out of what I normally would have expected from her. Like if you had said to me, Brent, before the episode, okay, Jackie's going to do... Uh, a, a buttons and bows challenge. What do you think that she'll come out in? I would have said that she would come out in sort of a you know old, uh, not modern twenties uh, sort of like old fashioned saloony mm-hmm. kind of look, and that's what she came out in. Now the color scheme is interesting, and she owns it well on the runway, and it's fitted well. So uh, you know, I, am I going to come for it? No, but. I, I'm hoping that she surprises me. Like, okay, look at the people who surprised me during this challenge. We haven't talked about her yet, but Widow surprised me. Uh, Jan surprised me. Um, the last queen we talked about, uh, uh, Gigi surprised me. There were people that wowed us. Mm-hmm. This one did not wow me. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's just sort of like yawn. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's, there's no... Yeah. There's no... Costume. Yeah, there's Costume. no, like, point of view. There's no... And I hate to call somebody's art uninspired, but it just feels like she, I mean, when she's, I mean, I guess we really shouldn't be too surprised because she literally said, I am the queen of the evening life. I go to bed at nine (laughs) o'clock. Like she's literally just here to have a little good old time, show her little drag and move the fuck on. Like, I just don't feel like she is on the cutting edge. And I feel like it's season 12 drag race uh, and you sort of need to be on the cutting edge. Maybe on a season like this, she'll fare well because there are quite a few older queens and not saying that older queens can't be cutting edge, but I just feel like there are a lot of queens that are sort of like in her arena. So maybe by comparison, she doesn't stick out as much, but it's just not exciting to to see, you know, it's just like, I don't know. You look very, very pretty, but you also look like you've been doing this for 40 years and I want to see something else, you know? Yep. Yeah, I think that point, Aman, about it being exciting, I think is really important because I think you can do period like pieces. I mean, which it feels like so far, a lot of her work is definitely inspired that way or a lot of her looks is inspired. It's it's almost all period stuff. Right, which I think is fine. I'm like, I, I think that it's just you still have to be 
doing something that is exciting. And mm-hmm. I think the critique of Brent that you made about this is similar to Jada's look is actually really apt. Even though this is a period-inspired piece, I think it is just kind of not as exciting or doesn't really have that wow factor that I would want it to. But if you tried to do something a little bit more that is period um period inspired but is a little bit more wow i think of raja as a queen who's able to do that like her marie antoinette look was just uh, an example of sort of a period inspired drag but is wow is amazing is something that makes you think like oh my gosh this is the coolest thing i've ever seen you see it and you go Bitch. Yeah, I mean that being said, I thought this outfit was totally fine. Like, <laughs> like if Jada walked out, I'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, you're safe. You're this is not a bad look." You know, Dahlia's for yeah. me was worse. So, anyway, I don't mean to like come for Jackie, especially because I thought she was really funny in the uh, the skit. But I do see both of your points about this look because it wasn't. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see you know what she's gonna wear next. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, I thought her other looks were were better than this. But she does have bows. Does she have buttons? That's like really. I didn't see. I didn't see any buttons. Maybe in the trim. Maybe I have to go back and look. But I I remember I was was pissed at all these queens essentially for not embracing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean she has little buttons. Uh, you know, down the chest. Uh, from her, you know, bosom to her stomach, and then a little bit along along the inside of the arms. Uh, but that's about it, though. It's very, very, very light. Mm, all right. Well, let's talk about a look that is very brown clown stunning. That was hilarious. <laughs> that is Widows. Brent, I know that you wanted to talk about her. What did you think? I mean, this was fucking great, you guys. Oh, this is great drag. I loved it. This is drag with a capital D. It was everything I wanted. I was like, please, please do something fun and interesting. Please, like, don't bore me, Widow. And goddamn, she didn't. She is still the front runner in my eyes. She came out here in a look that looks like an absolute clown, and yet it still looked like high fashion. Everything about it, and it met both of the prongs of Amon's test. <laughs> it has bows and buttons out the freaking wazoo. She looked like it's like somebody that I just wanted to get to know and I wanted to talk to, uh, like for as for as a drag queen goes, because she looks so put together. And yes, the colors are a little like um, uh, they're a little bit uh, hideous, dim, dim in some places. <laughs> yeah, they're hideous. Yes, they're hideous. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. But it is so. It is such an interesting take on the clown and the avant-garde nature of her look just wows me over and over every time I look at it. Also, the shoes, bitch. Um, I cannot with the shoes. It is such a great look to have all of those bows and buttons. I don't know if she just like glued them on or something, but they don't look glued on. They look like there's something interesting all the way down to the pant leg that has little cuffs. And I mean, the way she worked the runway was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I just love this look. So I'm trying to come around to the Widow Von Du aesthetic, and I agree that she certainly attacks these looks um, in an unconventional way. Like I, I think she's her and Jan had like sort of had the same thing going. I just think that her color palettes are always so fucking ugly. I love that though; they're ugly, pretty. But maybe you just think they're I ugly, just, ugly. I, I, don't, so. I don't know. I just can't. Like it's it's not boring. You know, she's never, she has not bored me at all. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. She definitely did sell it coming down the run with her. I liked the, the, I liked the walk. I liked the swag. It was very goofy. It was very charming. And, you know, she's winking and pointing at the judges and everything. So she definitely 
she definitely sold it. Just like aesthetically, I'm just never down with her color choices. I just can't get into it. There's something about it for me that doesn't necessarily feel high fashion, even though I feel like that's the way that she kind of describes some of her looks. And I don't know why. I think part of it might be the fact that I just want to cut the freaking tails off of that coat so bad. <laughs> like, they're just too long. I just want to take scissors and just sh- like just <laughs> make them a little bit shorter just because it felt like it was dragging a little bit. I didn't think the colors were that ugly, though, in her defense. But the, you know, buttons glued all over. Not, I mean, again, if you're going to go buttons, go GG good level of buttons. I will say the shoes were really gorgeous, though. And I love the way that she tied in the bows with the buttons on the bows. So that for me was was the best part of the outfit. I thought that was really gorgeous. It didn't necessarily speak to me, though, in the same way. But I thought that it was cool. It was a creative take. Absolutely. For sure. On doing buttons and bows. And that was uh, I appreciate it. And I like the makeup. I appreciate the the unibrow. That was yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I also appreciated the fact that she had a thousand different kind of buttons. Like it wasn't just like one type. Um, she actually went out and got like I don't know, like ten thousand different types of buttons and like had them glued and sewn all over that outfit, and it created a a, a disproportionate look in a way where you're drawn to the buttons and yet you can't look away from them like you 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 you're you know that you're what you're looking at is definitely hideous and definitely has a, a color palette that is meant to be striking in a way that disturbs you but i was just so into it mm-hmm. i i just love this drag maybe it was a little bit I, I what like what do i not like about the buttons around the lapel it felt a little bit more like pieces of flair for me than the buttons but I, now that I look at it more, I can't. I don't know. This is something where it's right on that line of I either hate it or I love it. I can't decide which one at the moment. Well, maybe let's talk about something we hated. And here's Crystal Method. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's give Amon a chance to speak out what he thinks. So oh, I sorry. think Brent, uh, you're going to have a negative opinion of this. Amon, what do you feel for Crystal Method? Yeah. Um. I feel like it was like sort of like eh, I don't know. I it's it, is it a poncho? Is it a dress? What is it? <laughs> is it supposed to be too big on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was shade, just, bitch. That was shade. Is it a poncho? Is it a I, dress? I, oh my I, god. Am I being overly critical on this runway this episode? Like I don't know. I just feel like it's what is it no i i hate it it's terrible it's fucking terrible like it literally is like it's an assault to my eyeballs as they would say like this is like i i know what you said about widow von du and and her color palette but this one uh the red and pink fine but there is no silhouette it is absolutely swallowing her up i cannot see anything i don't know where her body begins and where the fabric ends the makeup the I like okay. See, this is where I get myself in trouble because I really want to talk about the fact that she was boohooing about the fact that you know, well, this is what I hide behind because I—that's why I always wear this mask. And I'm like, that just sounds to me like you are mad that you got a critique on your makeup because because lots of queens get critiques on their makeup when they wear the same thing over and over again. All the way back to Milk had the same kind of uh, aesthetic to her makeup and got a critique about it. But like, I, I felt like that. She was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here. Here's the- 
here, okay. here, here's the thing. I really hate okay. this outfit for a, a lot of the it. reasons it's that terrible. you mentioned. There's yes. just too much fabric. It's one time. Okay. I remember one time I bought this shirt online um, and it, it looked like that shirt. I, it, I just, I had no shape. It just looked like this big baggy mess. I hated it. And I, ugh, and I was so lazy. I didn't want to return it. And I kept trying to make it work. I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe it'll look okay. And every single time I put it on, I was like, no, this is fucking ugly. I hate this so much. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about this. Like I keep wanting to really like it, but I just, I just don't. So that's my feeling on the outfit. Now my feeling on the makeup. Okay. I, it, it is really bothering me. The fact that the judges seem to be picking and choosing which repetitive makeup that they like and don't like. 100%. Because I feel like Crystal was probably in part chosen because she's so unique, because she's so distinct, and she has this really kooky, crazy style of makeup, which is really neat. I mean, you're going to let queens like Trixie Mattel go and do her makeup, but then you're going to sit here and you're going to criticize, you know, Dusty, or you're going to criticize Crystal for what they do. I feel like it's fine to say, you know, the makeup is really heavy and it makes it so we can't see your eyes or there are ways to criticize the makeup without just being like your style of makeup is garbage and I hate it. Please change it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt like I was getting from the judges I'm on. Yeah. And I like her makeup. Like, I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's very clown in the face, but I mean, if that's her shtick, it's not like she's painting the same clown face each and every time. You like this one has like this really large, exaggerated lips that are matching Mm -hmm. the, 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 the fabric and everything. Like it's, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I just, I I feel like if you're going to, like you just said, if you're going to invite her on the show for her aesthetic, then don't punish her for being on the show because she's using that aesthetic, you know, like. I just feel like it's a very cheap shot. I, I feel like they need to give her something that she can work on and say, like, here, here's how you can change your makeup um, and give her a small goal so that she can then meet that. But I, I don't feel like they see her as a winner. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real. When I mean, I do feel like that the judges start picking winners and losers right away about who who's a contender and who's not. And it's very rare that a queen can rise above what the judges initially mm-hmm. think of them and surprise them. Uh, a couple queens have done that throughout the, the seasons on RuPaul's Drag Race, but it's not often. And once you're in that sort of category, yeah, I, I feel like that you're not long for this competition. I just think it's really, really hard for you to tell them to switch stuff up like that, knowing that you make them prepare like months in advance and you tell them because the queens will get a list of all of the runways for the season and so of course they're going to pick out their clothes and they're going to pick out what face what their face is going to look like and now you're telling them halfway through after months of planning change that shit like what you know like and then it, and then it ends up effing up whatever they're trying to do for the next runway so i don't know it's just really weird and yeah like you're right like she's not she's obviously not getting a winner's edit right now so i just feel like when the time comes for her to be eliminated they're going to be like oh you know we're just sick of the clown like i'm already i could probably write rupaul's pun for her bottom two speech like in two days like because <laughs> we know it's coming yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's it's frustrating to me mainly i think because of the what what i feel like is unequal judging you know it's like Oh, hey, so you're not doing female illusion. You're doing more art, so we hate it. So goodbye. That being said, the outfit was freaking ugly, in my opinion. But like, <laughs> I don't get the criticisms of her makeup. It just feels like, oh, just because you don't like this style of art doesn't mean it's not art. So anyway, I'm just ugh, well I'm frustrated that we're going to have to deal with this throughout the season. But that's fine. That literally of all the stuff we have to deal with throughout the season, that is like the yeah. least of our problems. So that's that's fine. <laughs> 
Now, talking about dresses that were unfinished, we touched on this earlier with Nikki Dahl's aesthetic of doing this whole Cinderella where the mice are still making the gown, which was such a cool concept. The only thing I wish, Brent, is that they had stuck, she'd stuck more mice on the dress to make it feel like they were doing more of the work. Yeah, she kept pointing to that one little mice that she had stuck to it. Like, like, see, 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 I did something. Yeah. Um, I, and I didn't even know what it was at yeah. first. I was with RuPaul. I thought it was a gerbil or something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I look uh, overall, I agree with you that the more mice would have been. It would have created a more interesting aesthetic here. However, I, I didn't respond as negatively to this look as maybe I should have because I do feel like that she went out of her way to characterize the outfit in a way that had both parts of the prongs like there's obvious button on her head and throughout the outfit and the bow around the bodice um it was a really weird juxtaposition of gorgeousness and right uh, impracticality <laughs> in a way that i found very inviting i i was very taken with this look so i i am i like i have a question for you am i being taken in by the fact that we love nikki doll and we love her accent and we love everything about her and we love her face so i'm excusing every part of her fashion like am, am i guilty of I that i'm on rupaul is definitely guilty of that in terms of the yeah. lip sync but we'll get to that um i think that i think i think that the look was interesting i think that it was um it was, you know, it was it, it was, yes. it was a different kind of concept. I love the fact that the the strap of the dress was measuring tape and like it, you know, it looked like that was a great mm-hmm. touch. I loved like that. the whole dress was, you know, she wanted to give us that like this dress is being made as I'm walking like it. And I like that. And of course, you know, pandering to me because Cinderella. So, I mean, I think I think it was mm-hmm. good. I mean, I, I, and I liked the bow in the hair. I thought it was a very everything was everything was specific. Everything had like a clear intent. And I think that out of like all of the girls on this episode, I think that she had one of the more interesting takes. You know, it just wasn't. I think that the these construction um, is what sort of like what is the only like negative thing that I can say. I feel like it was a bit too deconstructed in some parts. And I'm like, that just looks bad. It looks like you were going for the deconstructive look and then you just got tired and we're like, okay, because <laughs> that bow in the back was just sort of like, uh, what's going on there? But I think that the concept was really, really cool. Right. Like it should have been more finished <laughs> because then it really makes it clear that the dress is being built. Because I will say, when she first walked down to the runway, before I sort of paid attention to her voiceover, I was like, what is going on? Did she just wear her undergarments and then kind of wrapped herself with some fabric? Like that, that was what I thought. Once I got it, then I was like, oh, this is really clever. I really like this. But I think maybe in the execution could have been a little bit more. Maybe I want like birds flying around her. I don't I don't know how you would do that. Um, just to really give the indication that, you know, she is this Disney, Disney princess. But it was incredibly creative. And I thought that that was really cool. And yeah, the buttonator thing on top was was really nice. <laughs> now, OK, guys, Aiden, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know where to start here. Okay. This is a sweatshirt with bows stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. What what am I looking at him on? You know, there's an old saying that says if you have nothing nice to say, then don't <laughs> say anything at all. 
but I'm not going to follow that rule. This look was shit, okay? And I love me some Aiden Zane. And I will, I will defend her when it comes to all these other queens trying to come for her. But if they came for her over this look, I'd be like, bitch, you, you brought that upon yourself. Because what is going on? This is RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12. I think that the best thing about this, this outfit was just the fact that she had all of those barrettes in, in her hair. I thought that was really cool because they're technically not bows, yep, but they're still bows, yep. plastic bows. So I, I got what you, and they're sort of like, kind of like buttons in a sense too. So like, I, I, cool. I get what you're going. But the rest, of, you should have like, you should have done what Nikki did, or not Nikki, you should have done what Gigi did and just went ape shit with those barrettes. You should have just went all over the sweater, all over your body have the have the tights that you're wearing have the barrettes in them too like have barrettes on your nails like just like go freaking crazy this looked so i just like what was she thinking like i know she might not have like a big team and she doesn't live in new york city so she doesn't have all of these designers that want to come and help her when they find out that she's going to be on the show so she doesn't have like a lot of resources some of the other queens might have i get it but there had like was there no one that you were talking to when you when you were putting these looks together that said you might want to do something a little bit more with this one. Like it just seemed so unfinished and so like last minute, like, what, like it looked like she had a, a, a nice little sweater and then she asked one of the producers to go to CVS and buy her some barrettes. And then she put them on there. That's what it looked like. Brent, what do you feel? Yeah, it's a really basic look. And uh, I think that the hairpiece saved it and some of the makeup, saved it. The makeup was sort of striking and sort of interesting. Uh, it's weird, and she's kind of weird, and we love that about her. Um, but other than that, there's really not a lot to say. I mean, she got by on the strength of her group, and the fact that RuPaul didn't necessarily come for her for this runway. I mean, she got lucky. Yeah, Let's be real. She really did. I was shocked. I guess, I don't know. Do the judges really love her, or what? Because I guess they just had bigger fish to fry with some of these low-performing groups who were just like, it's not even worth it. You know what I mean? Or they did drag her and we just didn't see it in the edit. Yeah, you know? it's possible. I, I I have a really hard time because I think, you know, I'm worried about criticizing her so much for this outfit where it's, oh, you like you said, Amon, oh, if she doesn't have the resources or doesn't necessarily... I'm grading on a curve, yeah, and even then I'm being yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. I just, I, it's so, oh, it's, a, I think I owned this sweater. Like, it's just a sweater with bows stuck on it. And then, uh, does she own another wig is also my concern here. Well, that's, yeah. I don't you know. know. And then if you're going to talk about repetitive makeup, I, you know, right? Like, the, the yeah. upturnedness yeah. of it all. So we, we will see when she gets some critiques from the judges how they're feeling about her. I have a feeling like the judges really like her. That's just the sense that I get. Um, I do not like this outfit. So there we go. I do I not do, like I do, this I do, outfit not, I do not. Now, Beretta is our next queen that comes out on the runway. Brent, what do you feel about Britta's look? Uh, again, mm. a little bored. Uh, this uh, also falls into the Jada category where it's a little pretty and it's a little bouncy girly and I'm just bored by it. Um, and I don't want to be bored by her. I like her. I want to like her. I, like, I don't, I'll just say this. Of the three of us, I, I probably respond the best to Britta. She, ha she has a confidence about her that I know is unbecoming in maybe your eyes, Liana. And I agree with you that the way that she came off in the conversation with Aiden, it was like she was mm -hmm. a total bitch. But I do feel like that overall, she's been able to back up some of her claims of being really good. So 
I have been able to go with her on much of that. But this one I was bored by. It was a look that didn't really like it barely met the qualities of the runway. It wasn't really buttons or bows. It, I mean, there were some bows on it, but it wasn't the main focal point of the look. And even though everything else about it in terms of the makeup was good, I felt like the hair was a little out of place. It was a little it was almost too blonde for the color palette that I feel like she was going for with her makeup. Um, I, I didn't care for this. I Come think, on, you, you know, because I'm, I'm starting to realize that we have we're not we're sort of like as a whole for this um, category. We're sort of a bit lukewarm on a lot of these queens. And I'm starting to wonder, is it is it the category? You know what I mean? Because it's not it's not a very specific. No, I I don't feel like it is though because there are some queens that absolutely fucking right, wowed right, us. Right, right, and that's where I was. They absolutely knocked it out of the goddamn park. They said, you know what? I'm going to take this category and I'm going to go to the nth degree. I'm going to go outside right. the box. That's what you right. need to that's, do. And that's what I was going to say. And that, like, I feel like categories like these that really leave a lot open to interpretation. This is like really where you get to see the queens that actually have some creativity in their bones and sometimes and and sometimes like i said before with aiden it's a matter of resources because some of these queens are not seamstresses at all they are they live in new york city they get told they're going to be on drag race and then everybody comes flocking to them because they want to see their artwork on television so i guess like uh, i don't know i just feel like this I, i feel like this is a category that where like some some of these queens like just phoned it in because they expected to just do well in the challenges and they're like well for this runway though i'm going to kill it you know what i mean but for this one they were like I'm, I'm i'm okay with like taking a day off for this one and it really shows in some of these looks yeah it does feel a little bit like oh this is the first thing that popped into my head okay i'm just gonna go with that versus okay yeah totally. what buttons and bows what can i do that's really outside the box you know, and, and that's what we see from queens like, I mean, even maybe Gigi's, you could say like, oh, of course, you're going to stick a bunch of buttons. The way that that was executed, I think, really sets it above the rest. But Jan, for example, I think is somebody that's, oh, you wouldn't expect that. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I really appreciate. And I feel like Britta's look here falls under the Jada category of, you know, OK, this is something predictable, very Barbie doll. The shoes were super cute and nothing like inherently is wrong with the outfit in my eyes. It's cute. It's fine. It's just it's fine. It's not, mm-hmm. oh my God, I yeah, have to totally. show my coworkers this outfit because it's amazing the next day. You know what I mean? I think the best thing about it was just, you know, the separation in the skirt with the row of buttons mm-hmm. around. That was the best part about it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh, the last look that we have on the runway is Sherry Pie's doll look, Amon. What did you think about this? Ooh, spooky bitch. Those fucking contacts, man. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Like I was, I was fully entranced in whatever she was like. What, like, what is the reference here? Is it like, because because I, I don't even know. But I got, I, I, I feel like I get it without even getting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was very, very like horror movie. Like little, uh, uh what's that movie with the girl in it with the hair that like covers her face? Like uh, I'm, I'm like really killing the, the ring. reference game. That's the ring. I'm really mm-hmm. killing the reference game right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, she. It was uh. It was in that little doll that she had with it. It was all very, very unnerving. I felt like I, and I, I loved the boots with the lace bows going all the way down and everything. It was just, it was a good look. I liked this one. Yeah, I hated that. I loved yeah. it as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was one of the best of the night. It really was. Uh, so we'll give credit to the costume designer and the uh, 
uh, immaculate construction of this fabulous look. It was, it had something where it met the category, had bows at the wazoo, it had buttons in interesting ways, and yet the color palette of the outfit was done in such a way where it looked pretty and terrifying yep. at the same time. Combine that with the doll and the, the skeleton nature of it and her spooky contacts. This was an A plus from top oh, to bottom. Yeah, this was this was really amazing. I think the moment that did it for me was when she removed the glasses and had the contacts. But just the whole construction of the look is really outstanding. The colors that were chosen, the silhouette, the giant bow on top of her head is amazing. The shoes, the boots, the doll as the accessory that is evil that if you had kind of been looking a little bit beforehand, you would recognize like how, oh, how evil it's going to be. Like mm-hmm. It was just, it was, I, I, I also like hate to be like, oh my God, this is so amazing. But it really is so amazing. And this was for me, I think probably, uh, I don't know if it's the best look, but it's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I'm just looking up the name of the the person who made the outfits, which I know I have some. Does it? How do I get to messages on Instagram, y'all? I I like little, I'm so uh, bad. Paper uh, airplane. The little arrow in the upper. Okay, right-hand the arrow corner. in the upper right hand corner. I can do this. Um. All right. Well, let's see. Let's move on, and then we'll go back to that before because it's gonna take me a while. I'm old. <laughs> we have our queens that are called Safe, Widow, Jada, Jan, Rock, Gigi, Aiden, and Britta. Brent, what did you think about the queens that were safe versus the ones that were in the tops or the bottoms? Uh, like I said, I was uh, really thinking that Gigi would be in the top because I thought her runway just demanded that she be in the top, uh, combined with the fact that she did amicable and or not amicable, but uh, uh, adequate in the uh, challenge to she did adequate to good. You know, she was the corpse again, so she didn't have as much to do. But when she was awake, I felt like she was fully realized and I loved her concept. So the fact that she was safe, I was a little bummed by. Also, like I said, I responded much more to Widow Von Du's look than either of the two of you. So I was bummed that she also wasn't in the top. Basically, I just wanted a redo of episode <laughs> one. Like I wanted Widow and Gigi to be in the top. And like, can we kick out Sherry Pie and just have them lip sync? That would be fun. Can we do that again? <laughs> I I was. Uh... I don't know. I, I thought that this was okay. I thought Widow getting positive comments from the judges, but then just being safe seemed like odd to me. Yeah. But I don't know, Amon, what did you feel? Yeah, it's I mean, it's always kind of rough in the beginning of the season because when you do have queens, multiple queens that are delivering pretty well, it really just becomes like an arms race. You really just have to really you you just get really nitpicky because you just have to choose because you, you can't everybody can't be in the top you know so you gotta mm-hmm. really just choose what who were the people that had the strongest and the absolute worst performances and then everybody else kind of just falls to the wayside and people do like on on like the wikipedia pages for the season um they'll have all of the rankings and so like they'll have people that are in the top and they'll have people that are high and they'll have people that are middle and they'll have people that are low and they'll have people that are bottom. So like there is like a gradient. It's not just top bottom safe. There's like high and low as well. So, Mm -hmm. and it'll get, it'll get easier once the season starts to whittle down. 
the uh, the costume uh, designer that did I don't know if they did specifically this look, but I know designed like seventeen of Sherry Pie's looks is Florence Dilly. So you go, Florence. All right. That was that was absolutely <laughs> amazing. It really was. Uh, all right. So we have the judges. Blah blah blah. Do either of you have anything you want to say about the judges apart from Crystal's makeup critiques? <laughs> mm, nah, nothing no. really stuck out to me this Perfect. time. Perfect. <laughs> then we can talk about Sherry Pie wins, and we got the uh, at the very end of the episode. They showed the little like placard card that said that the money the Sherry Pie would have received is going to be donated to the Trevor Project, which I think is absolutely amazing. And I think that that was the perfect way to go if you are World of Wonder. Yes, and I am such a dumb bitch. Uh, I because like I didn't realize that that's what was happening. Like I know that she won five thousand dollars, and I'm like, oh. And then at the end of the episode, they said that, and I'm like, what is this in reference to? I'm like, well, obviously it's like I think it's about the Sherry Pie situation, but why are they donating five thousand dollars? <laughs> like, why not twenty five thousand dollars? And then I it dawned on me, oh, the money that she won <laughs> that she was gonna get, they're now giving to the Trevor. Uh, I'm right there with you, Brand. So, I was okay. like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? Like, why are they? Right, five thousand dollars. Like they can afford yeah, more. Yeah, like so you're just trying to throw a little quick change to somebody. Like, what the hell is this? But then, I, and yeah. then I started thinking about yeah. the logistics of it. I was like, so because this was filmed last summer, so did they just like dive yes. into her bank account and take that shit back? Like, what did happen if she? No, you are not. A, I know as a connoisseur of game shows that that you are not awarded the money for anything until the season has aired even on places like survivor and big brother obviously big brother but uh survivor anything anything where you win money like when i was on the price is right you don't get anything until the show airs because the show legally is not committed to owing you anything until the show airs like if they had not shown this season they wouldn't have been committed to giving money to any of the queens anything uh, like the season has to air for them to legally be, be required to give it to you. So uh, they had never awarded Sherry Pie the money in the first place, um, which is why they were able to then disqualify her and hand the money that they would have given to Sherry Pie to the Trevor Project. That is why. All right. Well, now, like Sasha Bell, we have cracked the code. Let's talk about two <laughs> queens who did not crack the code when it came to lip syncing about Ariana Grande, uh, which was the song. It was Problem um, featuring Iggy Azalea. Dahlia versus Nikki. And oh my gosh, this was painful to watch. This was, and I started, because I started watching a bit of The Untucked because I realized I hadn't watched it. And so I was skimming through and Dahlia Sin all through Untucked is talking about how she is ready to lip sync, ready to lip sync. <laughs> if I was fucking ready, to, I'm prepared to, you know what, you know the quote. But, um, mm-hmm, yeah. and this was so lukewarm from both of them. Like there was no... <sighs> And it wasn't even like you guys were wearing maybe maybe more so Nikki doll, but definitely not for Dolly. Like you had space to go ham. Like you had space to give this song more energy. And I felt like if there was ever gonna be a uh double uh double elimination, this would have been it. And I would have been perfectly fine with it because they were both middling to low in their performance in the uh, in the challenge. And then to top it off with this really just lackluster performance the problem just like what is going on here it really did remind me of dax exclamation point and what's her face the ones that got eliminated back in season eight i was like this is so bad mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty bad brent what did you think 
I thought that Nikki saved it on the mm. bridge. Um, when that there's a little part where I felt like Dolly was forgetting the words and Nikki had a moment where she had a little bit more energy and really spit out the words to the song in a way that I was like, yes, queen, yes, go, go, go. I, I, I felt like that was the moment where she saved herself. Um, Rue would have been totally within her rights to send them both home, I felt like. But I, I felt like there were a couple of shining moments for Nikki than there were for Dahlia. And she also forgot the words, like I <laughs> yeah. said. So that cannot be ignored. Yeah, didn't know the words. This is such a great song to lip sync to because you have the Ariana Grande part, but then you also have the Iggy Azalea rap where you can show off so many different skill sets. Yes. And they did mm-hmm. Ariana dirty, y'all. Like, this was... Yeah. I, ugh, I wanted so <laughs> much more. This is such a good song, and it just felt so disappointing to watch it be this way and be low energy. That's not the way this song is. I just... I wanted so much more. And I think because I love the song so much, I was really disappointed. And the fact that the Ariana Grande songs, maybe it's an Ariana Grande problem. We yeah, got this one and then, and then Valentina's lip sync yeah. was the other Ariana Grande song I think we've had on the show. So maybe there's some Ariana You're Grande right. curse that I don't know about. They really do be doing her dirty. like, And I know that Ariana Grande was being so sweet too because she uh, put on her Instagram story, like her watching it and she loved uh, she tagged both Nikki Doll and Dahlia Sin saying how much she loved them and appreciated it. But I'm like, girl, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Not, you, know you know that this. You know. I mean, because, because uh, freaking Valentina, when she was in All Stars 4, they, uh, I, think they gave, they, I think they gave another Ariana Grande song when she, got, when she won um, that challenge and he had to lip sync for her legacy. Yeah, I want to see that's um, right. And oh, she yeah. effing yeah. turned it out. And I was like, yes, so this is, this is how it's, this is what Ariana deserves, okay? And now we're going back. From that to this again, I'm like, oh God, like if I were Ariana, I'd be like, don't, don't ask for none of my songs no more until you get some queens that know how to turn it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I, only well, an all-star I, I want to say. <laughs> right. Yeah, Brent. Is there a possibility that they were just stunned to be in the bottom, that they were not prepared? No. You had 20 I mean, minutes to, you already knew what was going to happen. I I don't think Dahlia well, I, thought I she just, was going to be in the bottom. I really I, don't. I really no, don't. No, Dahlia did not think she was going to be in the bottom. And I think that Nikki Doll thought that Dahlia and Crystal were going to be yeah. in the bottom. Like, I think they really were caught unprepared here for this, which is why it was sort of half-ass. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine, fine. And you know Nikki Doll in the next Next episode is going to be like I own that <laughs> shit. I turned it out. No, you know? no, sis, you didn't. But I mean, point taken. Maybe they, maybe they were. I mean, Dolly was pissed. I'm hoping that the widow Von Du is there to be able to be like, girl, that lip sync. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was rough. Do you remember the part of the episode where Widow Von Du, like somebody said something, I can't remember who it was, and Widow, her response was like looking at her nails and being like, okay. <laughs> that's what i expect to see yeah exactly (laughs) that type of response when we get the after you know after the lip sync next yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that'll be good because yeah. Uh, yeah anyway whatever let's move on from this so Dahlia sent home even though I easily, easily could have seen both of them um, and Dahlia is our first queen eliminated from the season despite it being the third episode were either of you sad to lose Dahlia I'm sure Amon uh, the eye candy is gone <laughs> yes I'm sad that the Rihanna bitch is gone I Really, I mean, and that's probably maybe that's partly why I'm being so hard on both of them because I'm like, y'all, come on, like I want you to stay, and you're not giving it, you're not giving me what I want. Like this is bad. For you to go out this way is so annoying. I wasn't that like maybe because I'm not a, maybe because I'm not a real girl, but I wasn't like that like 
shocked that she didn't really have like a closing line to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of them were so she aghast. They were like, "How dare she?" She storm. I was like, I don't even think it was that much of a storm off. It was more just like, man, I'm like, I'm just so disappointed and I'm pissed and I just, I just want to get out of here. Like, and she did say, I mean, she did blow them a kiss and say thank you before. It's not like it was like a complete like fuck y'all. I'm out of here. So. No, she she told mm-hmm. Ruth thank you and then walked yeah. off the stage. I mean, what right. more do you want? I mean, not everybody has to have a vangy right. kind of moment. Um, you know, she was pissed. She thought she shouldn't have been in the bottom two, and she definitely thought she shouldn't have lost. So, and, and she, you know, she had a lot of pressure coming in. She was Aja's daughter, and Aja told her, "Don't be the first one kicked off the show," and she didn't want to be the first one kicked off. And I, you know, I I will say that I. This is how I feel about Dahlia. She was an absolutely stunning queen who I felt like needed a little bit more time to bake. The same thing that I said about Aja when she was on the show. She needed a little bit more time to bake. I think she did herself a disservice by auditioning for the show now. She, she needed to wait a season. The RuPaul's Drag Race is going to be on a long time. You needed more time in the drag community, more time to find yourself because the character that we saw during this challenge was somebody who was very shy was awkward, was not prepared, had no stage presence, had no sense of timing, had no sense of comedy. And I feel like that could have been saved had she had more time to bake mm-hmm. in the oven. But they called her out now. What, you know, and, and Rue doesn't care. Rue needs some cannon fodder initially. Um, so, you know, but some of these young queens, you can't, you can't tell them anything. They think they're the shit and they think they're going to rule the you world. Know- and, then they get on RuPaul's Drag Race. So I'm watching the lip sync right now um, as we're talking. And I'm I just, so sorry. No, 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 no. I was listening to everything you just said, Brent. Um, but and I agree. No, 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 no. I mean, like, why would you make yourself watch that again? Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but one thing I'm beginning to notice is that Nikki definitely played to the judges so much more because you can because I don't know how many people that watch the show know this, but the judges panel is like off to the left of the stage. It's well, it's the, the mm-hmm. actors. It's actor stage right. Yes. Um and um the camera that we see is like that's we're supposedly seeing it from the judges' perspective, but it's really not. There's nothing there but just the camera. And Dahlia, like pretty much the entire time, is playing to the camera where Nikki's actually looking at them. So maybe that's a big reason as to why she lost because she wasn't even really engaging with them at all. And Nikki was all over like all over the judges. That's a really great point. And now that I'm, because I watched the lip sync twice and I do remember that, 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 uh, Nikki was looking at the judges and that Dahlia was looking mm-hmm. at us. Like she was always looking at us and, and performing to the camera, which is why I feel like Trinity mm-hmm. Taylor lost her mm-hmm. lip sync the first time they had the lip sync at the, in the final four. And that's why Peppermint won because Peppermint was performing to the audience and Trinity was performing to the camera. You always perform to the people in the room. Fuck the camera. The camera will pick you up eventually. Like, seriously, perform to the people who are in the room, to the judges, to the audience, whoever. And I, I feel like you're right that that's why Nikki Doll probably was safe. I felt Dahlia's death stare into the camera. Yeah. Like, I, I, I felt yeah. it. And that could absolutely be one of the reasons why she was sent home. Oh, that and she didn't know the words. So that could, like, also be a problem. But I wonder if we're going to get any bro- drama with Bye. Jada in the next episode surrounding Dahlia's departure because you could see Jada, like, shaking her head when they announced that Nikki won. So, I didn't know that uh, Jada was like riding hard for Dahlia like that. So I wonder if she'll have anything to say about it next week. Yeah, it seemed like Dahlia and Jada were pretty close. Um, I was like half listening to Untucked when I watched it, but they did talk about Jada was like, oh, yeah, my girl Dahlia. So I think that they either had a relationship or developed a relationship being on the show. And so I'm sure that we'll see in the next episode something, some sort of fallout from that. 
Uh, well, speaking of Untucked, is there anything that anybody wants to talk about with Untucked? It was pretty boring. I'm um, not going to lie. Jan gave a pep talk. More shitting on Aiden. Rock's hilarious. Those are my takeaways. <laughs> more, sh- more shitting on Aiden? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all Man, I got. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really watch it too much, so I yeah, can't really yeah. offer too much commentary. Yeah, then uh, Leon's right. There, there really wasn't anything to it, and um, you know, I'm really glad that the, either they didn't show it or the guest judge didn't come back and say hello to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I, I, I'm really glad that the the gal from Scandal didn't come back and say hello to the queens. <laughs> I really God, don't. I, can't I really do not need all of the guest judges to go back there unless they are. And this might sound like a little gatekeeping ish to me, but like I really don't. I just, I, just, I just don't need unless you are a performer <laughs> like you are an actress or you're a singer like unless you are somebody that is well versed in the art of performance I don't need you to come back and like tell these queens anything because some of some of the some some of the people that come back to them are just like what are you here for like what like it's, yeah, it's just stupid yeah, to me totally well, next week, we are going to have the ball episode, Bring It to the Ball, with Leslie Jones as our guest. We couldn't get her for the improv, but instead, we're going to have her for the ball challenge. Okay, I'm sure. so excited. She's going to be there, and they're going to have 36 yeah. looks, bitch. That's a lot. I am so lot. here. I'm so here. <laughs> I'm excited. It's going to be a long-ass podcast as we talk about every single look, all 36 looks. I will say that... The RuPaul's Drag Race wiki page better be updated by that time because they are not updating the pages like they have in the past. And literally, as I told Liana and Amon before this podcast, because they didn't update the wiki page, I had to go through and literally like take use my phone to take pictures of the runway as it was happening. So I have all these like <laughs> dumb pictures on my phone of like, you know, the queens in various like frames, which sometimes weren't great for me to get pictures of in an effort for me to be able to do this podcast. But next week, there's not going to be just 12 or 13 looks. There's going to be 36 looks. And I'm really hoping that the wiki page has an update because if not, we're, we're really in for it. I know Liana like had the actual episode open while we were doing this podcast and she was able to click forward um, as we were talking about the Queens so that she could have a reference for what you know each outfit looked like. You're not going to remember every bow and every color and every button when you're trying to evaluate something. So you have to have a reference point and a visual reference is something that we all need. And I wish the wiki page would get its shit together. Yeah, what's going on over there? Well, I know the problem is that they pulled the looks from... Um... No. Cherry pie. No, no, no. They pull the pictures <laughs> oh. from the... YouTube video that gets put out with Raven and Raja that I watch every week that name I can't yes. remember. Uh, fashion photo review. Oh, no, uh, fashion photo or, review. No, uh, um, oh my god. Oh my yes, god. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, my brain's fine. It's fine. So they pull, they pull the photos like so when they're talking about each individual queen we don't you don't well, see I anything. I think that they get the the well anyway you know what it's not important but we have we have uh, okay. a lot of people staying at home so get on it and pull pictures and put them <laughs> on the wiki. So exactly. That, Thank that you. What else do you have to do besides help <laughs> exactly. us do this podcast? Literally nothing else is going on. The world is ending. Please pull pictures from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> that is more important. All right, Brent. Let's start to wrap things up. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me at one lucky gay. That's one spelled out O N E across all platforms on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, but I'm mainly a Twitter boy and you can yell at me over <laughs> and there. And what are you up to podcast wise? How's Big Brother? 
Uh, Big Brother Canada. It's so it's so interesting. We were talking about privilege uh, on this podcast because there are some things happening right now in the Big Brother Canada house right now that have a lot to do with you know microaggressions and, mm-hmm. and privilege and you know, how you view other people. And it's just a part of the world that uh, is so eye opening for me. Something that I'm even like five years ago I may not have noticed, but now you you can't see anything but that. So we're talking about Big Brother Canada and uh, having a grand old time uh, up until about. Today, I love the cast, but I'm <laughs> there are some people who are currently irritating with me. But, you know, people always irritate me for something on Big Brother. So uh, it's par for the course. Amon, where can people find you? You can find me at Amon Admin, A-D-W-I-N, on both Twitter and Instagram. Although I am just a Twitter person, just like Brent. A few RHAP people have been friend requesting me on uh, Facebook. I sort of like reserved that to be like a snob or anything, but I sort of like reserve Facebook for people that I've actually met in person. So don't take any offense if I ignore your request. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, if you come for me on Facebook, like, unless I know you, uh, I like random people from, you know, wherever the hell, uh, I don't accept. Yeah, like, you feel free to, like, I, 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 I can yeah. follow back on Twitter and everything like that. But, like, the Facebook thing is more for, like, friends and family, you know. Yep. And you can yep. find me on social media at Liana Boris, also a Twitter gal. Um, as you can see, Instagram confuses me because I couldn't find <laughs> my messages, but I am on Instagram and I do respond. Uh, I am, what else is going on in my world? The RHAP BNB. We did this past week with Ali Lasher, which was so much fun. Mike Bloom and I talked about so many insane things with Ali. Really fun. Check that out. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, speaking of Mike Bloom, he was also a guest on the Mass Singer podcast, which Puya and I get together to talk about all things Mass Singer. And Mike was there to give all of his thoughts pent up about the show from the various seasons, as well as talk about all of the singers from Group C. So look for that in their respective podcast feeds. You can always find this podcast in the Rehap Ups feed or in its own Drag Race feed. Leave us star ratings and reviews on iTunes. We are definitely looking for those. They help other people find the podcast. And it'd be really great if you could take some time to do that. You know, again, everybody's home. So we have two things you have to do. One, pull the pictures for us. Two, leave us star ratings and reviews on (laughs) iTunes. And three, become a patron of Rob Has a Podcast. Go to patreon.com. Check out all the wonderful things that Rob is doing. I mean, too many to list now. Definitely check that out. Huge shout out to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes for doing all of the editing work. He is amazing. And we will talk to y'all later. Bye. The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. That's Noble Gold Investments. 
Finance.com. The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit NobleGoldInvestments.com to learn more. That's NobleGoldInvestments.com.